listening to Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny, a listener-supported podcast located at revelationsradionews.com. We must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. Either you are with us or you are with the terrorists. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Podcasting to you from the land of the best sunsets, where I am not going to believe anything that's from this manufactured laptop from hell. I am one of your hosts, and my name is Tim Kilkenny. And podcasting from Piedmont, Oklahoma, where I'm watching the the moon rise. I'm Andrew Hoffman. Yeah, well, let's, sunsets, yeah. moon rises. Yeah, yeah, it's all next level. It spins, buddy. It's all spinning. <laughs> it's a, we're spinning, and it's stationary, actually. So okay. that's that's how that works. No, no. the The official story is that it's moving thousands of miles an hour while we're, uh, you know, spinning around it and moving <laughs> at thousands of miles an hour. Welcome to Revelations Radio News, ladies and gentlemen, where we start off with the uh, astrological, actually, astron- astronomy. Yeah, for this for this week's show, we will just play NASA's live stream of the most exciting event ever. <laughs> Oh, we were talking to a good friend of ours, it won't be that hard to figure out who, about some new and interesting photos that came out. Do you have that in here somewhere? I do, yeah. Uh, I've got uh, the Times Square ad campaign, where they've got it up on Times Square. Absolutely breathtaking. Yeah, this is repeated over and over. <laughs> Hashtag unfold the universe. Which, I'm so what, excited. What exactly does unfold the universe mean? So, it so this is hit the glow button on Photoshop and the brighten button. So the all right. So the James Webb telescope. Okay, so should we jump into the weather now, just to make sure we've lost everybody before we even Let, start? Well, the, we. This won't take very long. No, no, I know, I understand. But let's 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 at least tell people what's going on here. There's a new telescope, right? That's what it's, I was trying to do. Yeah. I'm sorry, my my bad. Go ahead. So let's slightly back, okay. actually more than thirty years back. Okay. 
they launched Hubble. Hubble, the best, the, Hubble. the best, most powerful telescope that we've ever made. Yeah, yeah. And there was, it was kind of ambiguous about like, well, you know, like it's sending images back, uh, and then sometimes there'd be a new image, you know, from the Hubble telescope. And interesting how they got the images got better and better over time. Mm-hmm. Like when it was the same telescope out there floating through space getting further and further away Uh, yeah yeah that that tends to happen remember remember when i moved further and further away from my wi-fi here when we were doing the show and it dropped out a bunch of times the (laughs) the connection got better yeah yeah it's a little a little better yeah so that so that was hubble so maybe they they thought people were asking some questions or they i think it was more so they just needed they got a new budget approved for the uh, James Webb telescope and so they are doing a full on PR campaign of unfold the universe the first images interesting interesting words word choice there uh, from the NASA Webb telescope and they've got it up in Times Square on a giant billboard and yeah it's like okay it's a it's a picture or well it's a an image image Image. of some lights i don't know and it's like this mass and it goes across political lines uh you know i saw the the donald trump fan account tweeting it and saying how incredible it is now you know you're you were um you're flat earth adjacent because you <laughs> you have to do a podcast with me. Okay. But uh, just trying to put that aside and my comments aside, is it an unbelievable, breathtaking image? No, absolutely not. From the moment I saw it, it looked cartoonish and strange. I feel like the Hubble one looks more realistic. So that, that's the other thing. I sent that in our little group chat. I was like, "Here, here's Hubble. Here's James Webb. The Hubble one looks like, if that's what space looks like, it looks like it would look like that. But the, the new one is like, basically they hit Brighton and uh, some some glow. And now we got some glare in there. I mean, it's like, wow. It's pretty, pretty awesome stuff, man. I, you know what? I just sat back and thought to myself... You know, this is amazing. I'm so glad I got a chance to see this sort of stuff. And thank God there's no God that made all this stuff. Because yeah, if, totally if there was, I'd have to answer for all the crap I'm up to. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Sorry. So so NASA's doing this live stream. I don't know how long it's been going. It seems forever. But the, the problem is I couldn't pull clips because I didn't want to pay YouTube for like the YouTube premium thing where you can clip stuff out like through it dude if you don't want to pay youtube i mean come on man well so i would have to download like a 20 hour video and then upload that Uh, anyway it was not happening but uh you could take my word for it they were talking about uh, how many artists work at nasa so so they were answering questions and they're like oh commenter said uh wow you guys have a lot of artists that work at nasa and it's true we do have a lot of artists that work at nasa (laughs) 
And if if you're an artist and you want to intern at NASA, like like get a hold of us. You know, she totally didn't get that they were uh, that Trolling. it was a troll. Yeah. yeah. And then there was a, a a separate part of the live stream I I tuned into this morning, and they were attempting to <laughs> is this go. Your, is this your hate watch? Yeah. Yeah, this is this is my hate watch. So they were they were talking about you know how amazing it was and blah 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 grain of sand uh, you know and they're like oh we're gonna we're talking about these planet binary planets because planets come into being in pairs but then they separate and we know this and we're gonna explore more about this with this telescope thing and then then they say. Uh, Let's go over to our, our, you know, I forget the terminology, but just fellow space experts in Canada. And it didn't hmm. work over and over again. They could not get the, the feed to work. Oh, we're sorry. We're having a hard time communicating with Canada. So let me get this straight. You're able to get images <laughs> off a telescope millions and millions and millions of miles away. No problem. That's totally fine. That's science. But you can't establish communication with the the country that's right next to you? I mean, they've been having some internet issues over there. I don't know if you heard. (laughs) I did hear. Anyway, that's my uh, unfold the universe rant there. Yeah. That's good stuff. Well, it kind of goes right into one of the stories I got this week, so... I'm going to jump into it because I wanted to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, And this is from, uh, let's see, iflscience.com, managing editor Kathy Evans. A crack opened in Earth's magnetic field on Thursday and stayed open for 14 hours. You heard this? I have not. On Thursday, a crack opened in the Earth's magnetic field and stayed open for nearly 14 hours, allowing Vecna and his minions through the upside down. Okay, (laughs) perhaps not that last part. But it did allow some powerful solar winds to pour through the hole, creating a geomagnetic storm that that sparked uh, some pretty epic aurora. The crack in the magnetic field was created by a rare phenomenon called a co-rotating interaction region from the sun. CIRs are large plasma structures generated in the low and mid-latitude region of the heliosphere, the region surrounding the sun that includes the solar magnetic fields and solar wind, when fast and slow-moving streams of solar wind interact. Like a coronal mass ejection, CME, CIRs get flung from the sun towards Earth and can contain shock waves and compressed magnetic fields that cause stormy space weather, which usually presents itself as a pretty awesome aurora. Uh, this one hit the Earth's magnetic field in the early hours of July 7th and caused a long-lasting G1-class geomagnetic storm. National Oceanic uh, Atmospheric Administration, NOAA, analysts suspect a CME was embedded in the solar winds ahead of the CIR. According to space weather reports, don't worry, cracks in the magnetic field are normal and the magnetic field acts as a shield to protect us from solar storms spat out by the sun. It was thought that they open and close relatively quickly, but now they know they can stay open for hours. We discovered that our magnetic field uh, shield is drafty like a house with a window stuck open in a storm. 
uh, said the lead author of uh, on this discovery back in 2003. The house deflects most of the storm, but the couch is ruined. Similarly, our magnetic shield takes the brunt of storms, but some energy slips through the crack and sometimes enough to cause problems with satellites, radio communications, and power system. There doesn't seem to be any radio blackouts or power outages at this time, but we have been treated to some gorgeous northern lights around Canada and the U.S. The sun is gearing up towards its most active period during its solar cycle, July 2025. I don't know how they know that, but that's what they know. And then is is already unusually active quite early. Your chances of spawning aurora are already pretty good right now, but they're going to get better and better over the next few years. And they do have these pretty amazing Aurora photos. I'll throw them in the show notes and I'll throw them in the chat for you now. But it's like there's green and then there's this really bright uh, pink um, that takes up the whole sky. I'm no pro at, at the Aurora Borealis or anything to know <clears throat> how rare this is. But they're all saying it's pretty rare. And this, I just wanted to uh, hear your thoughts. Well, I think it's rare from the fairly rare from the u.s i think yeah be able to see it in the u.s but it's it's weird so based on your beliefs at this time what what, what do we got going on here maybe, maybe actually what they say it is you know i uh, other no. than the solar other than the solar storms so we, we can we have a magnetic field issue we can safely eliminate that they're just telling us the truth about anything that's a that's a safe safe assumption okay uh, I was actually going to ask the our Canadian homesteaders because mm-hmm. they sent the Northern right. Lights pictures. Yeah, if they had a a take on the Northern Lights, I I don't. So I don't have a specific thing. It, I would say a um, a sun that is a couple thousand miles away, as opposed to uh, ninety three million miles away would have it makes sense that the sun would have effects on earth that's kind of what i was thinking you'd say like you think it's closer so it would definitely still could affect earth but anyway but it but it's also not a you know giant millions of megatons of nuclear reactions happening at the same time thing Hmm. yeah well we're starting off on the on the conspiratorial and the wild and wacky. So I just, that was one of the stories I had lined up for this week. And then we got right into the, to the astrology. So I was like, oh, let's go, let's go with it. So, well, astrology may be more accurate, but astronomy. Yeah. Oh, my fault. I always, I always mess those two up. I'm sorry. I don't know if there was a 14 hour crack involved. At least uh, we can safely assume Hunter Biden was there. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i said that my opening was i don't believe anything from that manufactured laptop of doom or whatever it's like hey try to keep up they just hacked his iCloud account right right <laughs> this, yeah, this is all like, this is all fresh stuff no yeah. your your denial of uh <laughs> yes, this is a disinformation campaign yeah. by the russians yeah a little little out of date there <laughs> yes. you're 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 two years behind on your uh, denials you're gonna have to come up with a new one uh how about try this one uh the the president's son has a uh addiction and substance abuse problem i don't understand why it's such a big deal but try that try that one because that's yeah. pretty much all you got left 
someone had a, a photoshopped Washington Post headline, mm-hmm. which is like, it turns out that crack cocaine is not that unhealthy. <laughs> and it was, it said like, uh, editorial or guest editor Hunter Biden. <laughs> but, uh, you know, people were, some people were still thinking it was a real Washington Post headline, but anyway. For, uh, you, for those of you who don't know or hiding under a rock, the well, well or for, you know, keeping garbage out of your brain. Yeah, that's a good point. You don't kudos. want to see this stuff. Yeah, good for you. No. Um, but uh, yeah, Hunter Biden's uh, iCloud got hacked by 4chan, and they were releasing all kinds of images. And let me tell you this: uh, I won't get too much into details, but none of it uh, makes me think his character is any better. <laughs> yeah. To be quite honest, yeah. though, none of it makes me think his character is any worse. It's all just a, I can't believe that you people, like that the the mass of people, really fell for this was a recent disinfo campaign from the beginning when there is so much there. Well, I don't know if it was, it was more so that was the excuse that they used to suppress it from the TV watchers. Right. And then and so, from Twitter too. I mean, they started. This is where they started not allowing posts on Twitter. This was kind of the first major salvo, if you will, yeah. where the social media giants weren't going to let us even copy and paste the link to a New York Post ad right. story article. Yeah, yeah, and it, I don't get it, man. I, it's like the activities are one thing Mm -hmm. recording yourself doing those activities is another thing it's like a whole other set of issues isn't it yeah i agree no i agree 100 percent. he uh well it's like as here's my personal opinion this generation (laughs) is obsessed and i guess i wonder how old he is but especially this younger generation. He's older than us. Yeah, he's got to be, right? Yeah. Um, but this younger generation is obsessed with like being famous, being on YouTube, filming things. And it's almost like he got you know, both things, right? He's got the substance abuse problem and the obsession with being like live streaming himself. I guess he goes back and watches it all. I don't know where it's all going, but like, yeah, I mean... Uh, videoing yourself with a bunch of prostitutes putting their feet on you it's it's questionable behavior if you if you started doing that i, I might have to uh i have to raise Find raise my the new podcast host i might have to raise my tone a bit with you raise my tone pull you out of somewhere by your hair i don't know you know just whatever needs to be done yeah it's it's crazy well, I, man. you I mean, know he gets I in guess... an argument with a prostitute of, over how much crack he has i mean it's it's pure comedy. And one of the things that uh, kind of stuck out to me, you and I were texting about this uh, off off the show, and uh, you said the words, I think Biden and Hunter are expendable. Yeah. And I've been really kind of noodling on that for the last couple of days. And if you think about it, a lot of the leaders in power right now are kind of expendable. They're yes. the faces of this stuff, as we've seen in our, with our friends in the UK. Let's not forget the second 
I think it's Canada, then the UK, then Australia, as far as our the most listeners we have. Um, you know, Bojo is gone. Bojo's out. He's expendable. They don't, you know, that's just, we'll move on with somebody else and you can hit the road. And I was thinking about it. I think Macron is expendable. He's the face of the tyranny right now. And mm-hmm. Trudeau is expendable. Also the face of the tyranny right now. And there's and, new stuff that just came out about him. Yeah. And it feels like they're trying to let those people go. They're just yeah. like the faces of tyranny. And they're all kind of wet noodles of personalities and just just mealy oh, mouth. Yeah, just, just mealy mouth. I mean, Boris being the only exception of having a, having a personality at all. Except post-COVID, he totally folded into everything. Yeah. I don't understand what happened. Formerly had a personality. Yeah. And then the other thing that's kind of interesting to me, as these expendable ones are uh, you know, in power right now, is you go to uh, Twitter and you just type in hashtag protest. And holy moly. Yeah. <laughs> We have some things happening. Of course, there's the Sri Lanka one where they basically ousted this guy, chased him all the way to a boat he was getting on. So, he, do you see him? Do you see the video footage? No, of I didn't him? see that. Oh yeah, that he's part of it. boarding a the... dude. You have never seen a dude swimming jump. in the pool. You have never seen a dude jump out of a car with a rolly bag and, <laughs> and board a boat faster than this i mean it's like i mean you could play the music he's out like he's now we got what do we got we got protests in netherlands yeah netherlands protests was the biggest one with the farmers we have protests in italy there are protests in china there are protests in mozambique there's the sri lanka ones are pretty violent uh sri lanka also coming off the back of a uh uh civil war so things have not been kosher there for a long time i'm also seeing stuff in armenia i mean italy they're starting to really freak out because they're running out of water and other things um and then of course downtown dallas texas uh abortion rights are human rights i'm sure we're we're always protesting the right stuff around here (laughs) Um, oh, Portland, you know, Portland was burning again. Was it? I missed yeah. it. Yeah, they. Ghana, uh, was I'm seeing a, Ghana is an issue, having an issue. The Buffalo, president was it Buffalo Wild Wings or something got all smashed up, but they smashed it. But I love when they like single. <laughs> I mean, I hate the Portland people. I really do. But like, I kind of love them for like their uh, inability to be creative. They're like single out c- certain things like this corporation is the enemy it's like you know they go so they go after buffalo wild wings or starbucks forget starbucks man that's the man we'll get coffee there later but let's burn it down tonight yeah we'll record it with our iphones yes with our iphones yeah with locations uh services turned on while we (laughs) just break the law yeah i'm seeing ghana there's some real stuff going on in ghana i got people Driving through on tanks, firing tear gas. Uh, this is, yeah, I mean, and yet in I, America we got Hunter Biden, we got the president's son, complete disaster. We have cost of living skyrocketing. 
people getting completely screwed out of their money with uh, oh, protests in Australia. Shocking. People getting screwed out of their money with inflation. Um, crypto crash. Crypto crash. And nobody's nobody's doing anything. Not no not a finger lifted. So I don't know. It's it's odd. I'll say that it's odd. Uh, well, I I think I was actually thinking about the protest thing today. Mm-hmm. And you know maybe the January how the January sixth went down is part of it. But I also think there's a lot of people. Um, you know, do not comply was trending on Twitter, which hmm. are, that's exciting. It's a, a good thing. Absolutely. And I, I do think, you know, non-compliance is a more viable way forward than protest. Like yeah. if, if you're protesting, you're, you're basically saying like, Hey government, we know you want to do the right thing. We just, for some reason you're being dumb and not understanding that we don't want this. Right. Uh, please, please change your ways. And the, you know, I think the non-compliance route of, uh, no, we're not wearing the mask. We're not taking the shots. We're, we're going to go about our lives. You know, farmers aren't going to stop farming because of the amount of nitrogen in the soil. Yeah. You know, it's like, you just got to, you know, for everyone's benefit, I think going on doing what you're doing is a is probably a better way to go about it. I mean, what in the Netherlands, and I'm, you know, definitely on the side of the farmers and all that. But what's the result going to be? The politicians aren't going to be the hungry ones. Oh, funny you should ask, Andrew. Yeah. I have an answer. Okay. And how do you feel? about the government and the way it's treated the, the, ag- the agricultural sector. We believe it's, it's part of a bigger plan. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes they, they, they say it's a tri-state city. Sure. Three years ago when we started uh, demonstrating, people said, yes, Holland will be uh, the, the capital of Europe. And I said, you're, you're crazy, you're mad. Mm. But uh, I think they were right then. Yeah. Uh, and that's why they need our land. They don't need our nitrogen. Mm. They need our land. Uh, 85% of land is, uh, is uh, uh, from the farmers. Mm. And yeah, they chase us away to, to get land to, for, 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 uh, for building and, and, and uh, recreation. Yeah, they need the land. The land's going to go back, become a giant city. It's kind of like Austin, Texas... But for a whole country. Yeah. yeah. Like the same scams that Alex Jones was talking about 15 years ago where they would they would say, oh, it's a wetlands, you know, right. no de- no development, and your land is worthless. And, oh, but we'll, we'll buy it for a preserve. Oh, and now, now that we've bought it, we reclassify it and put it in a, a condo development. Right. And, a and, uh, low lower income housing development for the migrants. Oh wait, what? <laughs> I mean, that's yeah, I mean, what's going to happen. I mean, how can, you can't fit more migrants in the Netherlands if you don't build them some houses. Yeah. Uh, it's, I was thinking about all these protests just now, and another angle for this and why America isn't protesting is I think um, seeing another one in Kenya. Uh, 
and I'll, I'll send you a link to the dude running away in the uh, <laughs> uh, Sri Lanka. But it, with this whole COVID thing and the uh, the demolition of the economy uh, worldwide, everything's kind of tied together now. Um, you think it's bad here? These smaller countries, just like we learned during the lockdowns, I mean, people died. People starved to death. Yeah. Because as the global economy is interconnected, we learned that, hey, if you shut everything down, the poorest of the poor countries are really going to struggle to. Uh... Yeah, yeah. Stuff gets expensive for us and it's a hassle. But then yes. the stuff that would normally be surplus and being shipped elsewhere and donated, you know, through the the government scam food programs and all that to third world countries, all of a sudden that dries up. Yeah. And then it's literal starvation for people. Yeah. And these, these are, you know, African countries where they said, you know, we played the clip from, uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Where he's, he's talking about Bill Gates going in, getting them to grow GMOs instead of the crops they'd been growing for thousands of years. And, oh, now you need the Monsanto seeds. Now you need these products from Western countries. And all of a sudden, the oh, it's a supply chain issue or stuff's more, you know, it's we're going to charge you four times as much for glyphosate. And... You know, you can't instantly, like we've talked about before, you can't instantly go back to how you used to grow stuff. You know, you can't instantly change to an organic farm. It takes a long time. Right. No, it's, yeah, we talked about that previously in reference to farms. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's, I, I almost feel like they, you know, are going faster because they have to, not because they were totally ready. Right. We, well, I mean, I but. I think they definitely, I don't know, part of the, the thing with Joe, remember he opened the, his presidency by signing like nine or ten executive orders. Cut off the pipeline first thing. Right. And then, of course, yeah. the most important one was cut off the pipeline, which we're now feeling the effects of years later. Um, but I feel like that was a kind of a hint that they have to cram their entire agenda in before the midterms. Yeah, they couldn't they couldn't wait on four more years of no Trump. No, they had to cram the entire thing in and, and before the midterms. So right. I think Joe may be expendable. I think, you know, Macron is expendable. I think uh, Trudeau is expendable. And then you start looking at, well, who's coming up? You know, we got, oh, DeSantos is making some noise. And then we have, would Kamala step in? God, that would be, that would be pretty terrible. <laughs> Lord, Lord help us all. <laughs> that is... Uh, President Kamala. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like that at all. Um, you know, I was thinking back to her recently when she was talking about inflation i was like what what exactly happened with this and she said you know her voice rang out in my head and i was like you should be president no i don't know i mean it's a well it's, it's weird yeah it's if you time. if you want to play the 
the Kamala clip you can. I've got a, I've actually got a couple of Joe Biden clips in here. Oh, okay. No, let's do it. What do we got? I, I could ask her about, uh, about that. I probably should eventually. Maybe after this Joe Biden clips. <laughs> what do we got here? Uh, let's do Joe Biden. End of quote. Oh, we got a Jill Biden in here too. Gosh, I didn't know you were gonna be getting so so uh Where's Hunter? That's so equal. Yeah. Well he's arguing about crack with prostitutes. Where else would he be? Power. It is noteworthy that the percentage of women who register to vote and cast a ballot is consistently higher than the percentage of the men who do so. End of quote. Repeat the line. <laughs> women are not without electoral and or political or, or maybe precise not and or or political power that's another saying that you the women of america can determine the outcome of this issue i don't think the court or for that matter the republicans did you see the uh anchor man yeah edit <laughs> <That's>, yeah <laughs> uh, end, end of which are you yeah, demoralized this, yet this is a, a a pet peeve of mine saying end of quote, but he he not only said end of quote, he then read the teleprompter telling him to repeat the line. Repeat the line. I don't know. It's just it's pretty sad. <laughs> Are you so, demoralized yet? Well, I, you know I've. I'm not any more demoralized. I'll put it that way. <laughs> I didn't have any like, uh, you know, views of Joe Biden that have been getting crushed. But let's play. Uh, let's play Joe Biden. Terminate. Terminate. I don't know. Didn't know you were going to become come strapped with all this Joe Biden <laughs> material. Oh goodness! I had it and then I deleted it. My fault. Do 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 do. Ten years old, and she was forced to have to travel out of the state to Indiana to seek to terminate the presidency and maybe save her life. <laughs> yes, sir. You caught that gaff on your No Agenda show, and they didn't, didn't you? Uh, I actually already had the clip before No Agenda played it, but yeah, they didn't catch the terminate they didn't catch the presidency. The terminate the presidency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first of all, the story is bogus. Absolutely, it's a hundred percent bogus. It, yep. Yeah. Mainly it, just made up. Somebody well, wrote that story. This this yeah, reminds. I mean, it's as bad as the ivermectin. It, uh, exactly. Yeah. In Oklahoma story. With the made-up Over, doctor overdose. quote and yes. the whole, yes, yeah. yep. Like, but he's mad, bro. You didn't see yeah. how mad he was. Yeah, he, he's he's mad. And uh, on no agenda, what Adam did a good job of is showing, like Christy Nome, like what are you doing? Like just call it out as a fake story. Oh, I didn't. What is well, it? She's like, oh, I know it's. Good. They were trying to do the gotcha thing with that story, and she just accepted the premise. And is like, oh, you know, it's terrible. It'll keep me up at night. It's like, just call it out as the bogus story. You know, it is. I don't. Right. I don't know. You know, they gotta. It's just clearly some like hypothetical. This could happen, 
you know, what's the worst situation you can ever imagine? And then that's what they do. But yes, so I mean, to, to when terminate when, the presidency, <laughs> when pedo, when pedo Peter gets up there and starts talking about 10 year old girls, the first thing I think about is, did you rape? Them? I mean, yeah. did you, yeah. did you impregnate them? Was this you? Yeah. For those, for those of you who don't know, Hunter Biden's name for his dad in his text messages is Pedo Peter. Yeah. So which is goes, seems pretty normal. I actually wanted to let you know. I call you Pedo Andy in my <laughs> my text message string. It's normal, yeah, right? Uh, no, no. It's, oh, it's not normal. Okay, sorry. I don't rather, actually do that. Rather offensive. Too. Okay, yeah. I apologize. I apologize. It's only it's only fake. But I mean, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous that we're just made to accept this. So the. And you might think like, oh, Peter, maybe he wasn't, even though he says Pops, maybe he's calling some guy Peter Pop. But uh, back in 2020, National mm. Pulse, that's Raheem Kassam's deal, had a story. Uh, is Peter Henderson Joe Biden's email pseudonym? And there's very convincing uh, email correspondence, you know, from the laptop. Mm. Uh Peter Henderson to Robert Biden. Keep in touch. Love, Dad. Uh, so, you know. So, Peter Henderson. That's, it. That's intriguing. Let's say this. Yeah. Uh, in Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan series, Peter Henderson is the name of a KGB mole that infiltrated the United States government. I mean, I would say you can't write this stuff, but uh, Tom Clancy did. So, yeah. yeah. So it's so there's Peter Henderson and then yeah Hunter Biden calling Joe Biden pedo Peter in his phone so mm. 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 oh might as well finish up the the Biden clips let's play the the Jill Biden folks the list goes on I'm starting to bore myself here but this is important <laughs> sorry it's a transition to the other Biden clip yeah. <laughs> Uh, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. That one worked. Oh, gosh. But we can't get those things on our own. Raul helped build this organization with the understanding that the diversity of this community, as distinct as the Bogodas of the Bronx, as beautiful as the blossoms of Miami, and as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio, <laughs> is your strength. So just mi mixing, you know, putting a spin on the diversity is our strength thing. So it's uh, Hispanics diversity is their strength because they're as diverse as different types of tacos. <laughs> breakfast tacos. No, the other, you know, as diverse as a breakfast taco is from whatever tacos in New York. And <laughs> I mean, I'm never one to pull a woke car, but you want to talk about sounding like a, spoken like a privileged white woman. Aye, aye, aye. All you guys look like just different kinds of tacos. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh... Uh, yeah, it, it, <laughs> folks, the list goes on. I'm starting to bore myself here, but this is. 
Tacos. <laughs> like, is is are tacos really what you think of when you think of a diverse group? Like, <laughs> yeah, if you think of a taco, everybody's thinking kind of of the same archetype. There, there's a. I don't know. Very, uh, very interesting move. Uh, definitely sets up for. Remember how Oops. it was the end of the world when Donald Trump sent a tweet of himself eating out of a eating a taco salad on Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> you know that was the end of the world. But this is uh, he was culturally yeah. appropriating them. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad the uh, everybody, the Democrats and Oprah and everybody got to call on Dr. Jill Biden, Dr. Jill Biden before we all really got a chance to know her because turns out Hunter's name for not quite as nice. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, uh, it's, it's a word that I won't even begin to utter on this podcast. But oh, yeah. it was very, very crude. So calls his dad, Pedo Peter and his mom. And that is that, uh, I don't even want to know, but I should look it up. Is that Hunter's mom? No. Yeah, right? Because she's like the babysitter or whatever. Right. It's yeah, stepmom. It's a stepmom. Got it. Yeah. All right. Because uh, his real mom uh, was killed in a car accident, which then Joe Biden used politically uh, by fabricating a story about a drunk driver killing his wife, and you know, which didn't happen. You know, it wasn't a drunk driver and what have you. It's just a typical, I don't think he had her killed necessarily. I think it was just an accident. But then to use that for uh, for political gains, pretty sick. But uh, I was trying to transition. I mean, there's some good, there's definitely some smoke and fire around there when you get, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I hate to make fun of a person in such a horrible situation or to cast aspersions on them, but it's odd to have your wife and your son die. Like I don't know, just seems odd. It's te- some terrible in many ways, but uh, yeah, it's just I don't know. Especially you know, it's like how many close friends of Hillary Clinton can die? You think? Like, uh, a lot. Up to it's like a long list. Thirty or forty something. So. Oh, more than that. It was thirty. Or, it was, you know, not necessarily close friends, but employees. Yeah. Uh, acquaintances. We'll call them acquaintances. Didn't work out too well to be, you know, like a bodyguard for Hillary Clinton, right? Stuff like that. So. Yeah. Uh, Alex Berenson just a few hours ago put out how anti-COVID vaxxers will save the world from Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Hmm. So this, I thought this was an interesting take. At this point, Joe Biden is a walking corpse politically, maybe medically too. Diagnosis at a distance is always tricky. The Democrats are begging him to promise he won't run again. It's only a matter of time before his approval rating falls into the 20s. He's the most ineffective president since at least Herbert Hoover. Uh, editorial, uh, it's not that he's ineffective. It's that he's deliberately destroying the country. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. Or is he? It seems pretty effective to me. He, yeah. they, they've railroaded 
crammed in an agenda before the midterms and they, they did it. Yeah. Yet the same New York Times poll that puts his approval rating at 33% shows him winning a potential 2024 race against Donald Trump. And that's right, because the January 6th hearings have proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that Trump does not respect the Constitution. Biden is a terrible president, but Trump is a terrible man and a danger to the United States. The clearest path out of this mess is for the Republican Party to read... <laughs> I can't. I don't. I think that was an unironic paragraph from Barrett. <laughs> it's like, really? You think January sixth hearings proved that? Okay. Uh, the clearest path out of this mess is for the Republican Party to reject Donald Trump and pick someone else, anyone else, to represent it. Yes, the presidential election is more than two years off, but at this point, it looks like any other Republican would wipe the floor with Biden and probably anyone anyone else the Democrats nominate. And the clearest path to that rejection comes at warp speed. Trump's biggest fans hate the COVID vaccines. They hate them more than anything else, more than mail-in ballots or inflation or even abortion, and they hate abortion. They might hate abortion more. Um, I mean, come on. Let's, I don't think we're Trump supporters, but how are we gonna how are we gonna vote, how are we gonna put these? I I would put. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go, go ahead, abortion. So as the worst because you know the baby yeah but rate, rate the, I'm going to go with that too so we both got the same number yeah. one then what go COVID vaccines <laughs> you're <laughs> you're right there yeah. yeah 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 I would say COVID then stolen election then inflation ah inflation no inflation then stolen election yeah so. stolen election does bother me though it, it's like a yeah. it's like a hopelessness that was one of the things that uh Oh gosh, who was that? Uh, the Reese report. Uh, Greg Reese said yeah. about when he watched uh, ten thousand mule or was it two thousand mules? Um, he said that it. He, he felt like despair and hopelessness because it showed just how <laughs> the country has just been like completely tr- like taken away, and we're yeah. so powerless. Like, yeah, that election bothered me partly because I got tricked. You know, I'm like, hey, well, the Supreme Court's going to do something. This recent Oklahoma election showed me too that it's like okay, so all the like active good patriot people just just don't win somehow. It's like somehow they're less popular than the people that, you know no one really likes. Interesting. Well, are so. we are we using the electronic software around here? Or did you go to a machine to vote did you drop it in a ballot what, what happened or ballot box yeah so I, I went to a voting site uh you could have voted under with my voter registration they didn't check it against id or anything like that hmm. so you just have this a, a bad time to tell you that i did oh, sorry. <laughs> you have a uh you have a voter registration card and you sign your name you sign in so presumably you couldn't vote twice at the same location um and then you say so you fill it out and put it into the scanner and that's it no like you know no receipt showing what your votes were so that you could check later or anything like that so hmm. just a black box once you put the ballot in so yeah it could it it wasn't like a um computer though it looked like just a scanner like you would you know scans 
standardized tests. So I don't know. I I don't know that that was the illegitimate part, but I don't know. I'm, I would not be shocked if there were shenanigans going on, even in Oklahoma, mm-hmm. put it that way. Mm-hmm. All right. So, and when you've got mail-in ballots, yeah, it's even easier. But uh, yes, brought to you by the state of Washington again. Yeah, Anybody? Washington, Oregon, California. Yeah. You know. Hundreds of ballots being sent to one post office box. I didn't didn't realize, and there's no way I could have, how much was really going on with that Christine Gregoire Dino Rossi uh, election. Because I don't think there's any way I could have known at that time. But I mean, even at that time, I knew it was messed up. I was friends with liberals who were like, that's pretty messed up. For those of you who don't know, Dino Rossi won the, like, the the governorship right was he was she governor no no state senator christine gregoire let me look it up but anyway she won her position or no uh gosh don't mess this up tim dino rossi won as a republican uh yes it was governor yeah as the democratic party member of the democratic party she defeated republican candidate dino rossi in 2004 dino rossi but during that 2004 election, I had just gotten out of the military or was on my way out of the military. Uh, Rossi wins. So they recount the votes and Dino Rossi wins. So they recount a second time and this time he lost. So <laughs> that is how that whole thing went down. And then that was one of the first mail-in ballot elections. Yeah. So I was just actually thinking about this earlier today that I was in the the place where they kind of gamed this thing out the first time. And well, uh, and then this and the justification was because well, you know, look at George W. Bush cheating in the national election and with using the Dominion chads. voting machines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's well, it was the Ohio voting machines that were way worse than the hanging chads but yeah. right 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 so the the guy confessed to it he conveniently died <laughs> uh but he you know he said he was trying to save the babies back to abortion being the number one biggest things conservatives hate so i'm going completely go ahead sorry yeah we we talked about it way back when on our show but yes he he was going to testify about how he rigged the uh, voting machines for George W. Bush, and then he died. I forget oh. if it was a plane crash or what method was used, but I did that whole rant off based off of memory from twenty <coughs> plus years ago, or not twenty, almost twenty years ago, seventeen years ago. But I, now I'm going to actually read the Wikipedia. The election was held November 2nd, 2004, with the initial count showing Gregoire trailing Rossi by 261. A, 261 total votes. A legally mandated machine recount reduced that lead to only 42 votes. So I'm right, based off memory. Yep. He won. He won. Then a hand count requested and funded by the state's Democratic Party gave Gregoire a 10-vote lead. 
following a Supreme Court ruling that allowed several hundred ballots from King County to be included, her lead further increased to 130 votes. But when the vote was certified by the state secretary of state, Sam Reed, at the end of December, one vote that had been counted in Thurston County past the deadline disqualified her lead, and she was reduced to 129 votes of a lead. Washington's Republican Party had not provided enough evidence, or excuse me, Washington's Republican leadership then filed suit, claiming that hundreds of votes, including those by felons, deceased voters, and double voters, had been counted on June 6, 2005. Uh, Judge John E. Bridges ruled that the Republican Party had not provided enough evidence that the disputed votes were ineligible <laughs> or for whom they were cast to overturn the election. Oh, yeah, yeah. On October 28, 2004, the Seattle Times reported that out-of-state donors were contributing heavily to Gregoire's campaign. Trial were, uh, lawyers who had worked closely with Gregoire on the 1998 tobacco settlement gave the Democratic Governors Association more than a million dollars. According to Times analysis, nearly half of Gregoire's 2004 campaign contributions came from out of state. Well, where did they come from? 2008 gubernatorial election. During the 2008 Democratic presidential primaries, both Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton heavily lobbied for Gregoire in her endorsement as a superdelegate. Welcome to the state of Washington. Yeah. And Gregoire's, uh, whatever, I don't know if she had children, but some person close to her went to work at the Gates Foundation. That's Did how they? The, that's, no, I'm just assuming. No, oh, yeah. With Inslee and... Oh, yeah. No, it's yeah. true. All right. I guess we'll finish up the article here. Yeah, sorry. Good, we got way good, off to try. Yeah, good good news. Uh, the cat is not dead. So. Oh, we d- I did hear some whispering. I know that there was a cat fight earlier. Yes. Th- so there's... The break was for an emergency because our cat was being murdered in cold blood, but it survived. So. Oh, thank God. Cat's back? Cat's back, apparently. All right. Well, the cat came back. I didn't didn't have to fight off any wild animals with the five iron, so it worked out okay. Today was a good day. <laughs> All right. So the the rest of the Berenson article. Um, okay. The Trump fans who hate the vaccines the most are not the ones who didn't take the shots. They're the ones who did. Partly because the Donald encouraged them to do so and now feel cheated and suckered. As they should. They gave up their autonomy for nothing. And this problem is only going to get worse for Trump as the uselessness of the vaccines becomes more and more obvious. Already he is afraid to say vaccine in public. And this comes through in a headline. Uh, Trump refuses to say the word vaccine when talking about COVID-19 during Alaska rally. Uh, he's wising up. But even Trump, a master at avoiding responsibility, which I don't think he avoids responsibility. I think he claims, <laughs> he's always claimed credit, uh, cannot dodge the fact that he and his administration are responsible for the mRNA vaccines. Even worse for Trump is the fact that Ron DeSantis, his most powerful challenger, has taken a very different stance. Ultimately, the vaccines will prove Trump's kryptonite. His base hates them more than they love him. Finally, some good out of the mRNAs. <laughs> Number one comment. Uh, 
the January 6th hearings have proven beyond a doubt that Donald Trump does not respect the Constitution. And then the, the person said, the most absurd thing you have ever written. And yeah, absolutely. Kind of agree with that. but Absolutely. They, they had another moron on there tonight. The Do you see this guy? The oath keeper that showed up to testify for the January 6th uh, hearing. He looks literally like an FBI agent in a costume. So it wasn't Stuart Rhodes, I'm assuming? Uh, no, Mr. Van Tottenhove. Okay, his FBI plant in the oh. Oath Keepers. I mean, he literally looks like an FBI agent in a costume. Yeah, the... Well, it, this is the thing, right? I mean protests joining a semi-militia type group is is you know you're asking asking for trouble and we've kind of got the secret police thing going on so the answer isn't to do nothing but i i i'll go back to the you know live your life and don't comply uh but but don't i guess you know don't get where the government don't give the government an excuse to go after you by driving farm equipment and into government buildings or anything like that oh <laughs> yikes is that where I messed up spring <laughs> the spraying of the manure <laughs> sorry about so, that not that I really blame them but right. I, I just feel like it's yeah a little too easy to, to turn that stuff around. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. And the, the vaccines, it's really becoming more and more evident that uh, you know more and more people are figuring out that the vaccines are bad. Well, pretty, I mean, I don't know how many more people can die. I mean, it's just so there's the, a lot of people dying, it feels like, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I a mean, lot of people dying and uh and just, not just take un- take take a moment and look in your signal. Seriously. You have to see this guy. All right. This is the <laughs> Yeah, Mr. FBI agent. Yeah, look at him. The guy on the right, he's totally in a costume. I'm going to uh dye my hair blonde because that's what all the oath keepers would do he's got like gray blonde hair and a beard and then a jean jacket that's too small Ugh. yeah maybe anyway it just reeks <laughs> the whole thing reeks anyway. and he's wearing he's wearing a black t-shirt in congress yeah really yeah okay yeah, yeah. that's to- totally legit totally legit wouldn't try to dress up at all for something like that not trying to look like a doofus to represent oath keepers that way no okay. not at all that's just uh coincidental anyway uh you were well, going on about your favorite thing the vaccine yeah but i was going to just kind of run through a few kind of headlines okay all right actually did i get Let's play the uh, JT Realmuto. He's a professional baseball player who is unable to play against the Blue Jays because he's unvaxxed. And so they question him about it. It's not the best response, but I do have a clip if you want to play that. 
how do you feel about it? I guess you know, like you know, some people would say you're, you're letting your team down. Uh, teammates have supported you though. So well, how do you feel about it? I mean, yeah, it's it's an extremely unfortunate situation. Um, obviously, my teammates know how I feel about them and, and um, how bad I want to be out there with them, but um, it's just unfortunate that I'm not able to make the trip. What, what are your reservations with you? I just, <laughs> I mean, I'm a healthy 31-year-old professional athlete um, that I just didn't feel a need to get it. Um, I've had COVID a couple of times and super mild symptoms uh, back when it first came out. and. When it came time to decide whether um, I needed a vaccine or not, I uh, talked with a couple of doctors that I knew and told them my story and just really decided I didn't think I needed it. And I, I wasn't going to take it just because I was told to, basically. So. Mm -hmm. Even if it meant not missing? Because you're going to forfeit a good amount of salary. Yeah, but I mean, what's, what's, what's money when I'm not going to let Canada tell me what I do and don't put in my body for a little bit of money? It's just, just not worth it. I don't understand how many, how so many people don't understand that. Like I don't <laughs> I don't get it. Like it's just, the, it's just the, straight logic. I don't understand. The, the article was like, well, that little bit of money is two hundred seventy five thousand dollars. It's like don't care. Yeah, yeah. It's like don't care. Well, okay. Apparently, your your price is much lower than that. Yeah, but, as I say, you can offer me two hundred seventy five thousand dollars right now. Don't care. Yeah. yeah. So it's and, called it's called standing up for what's right, what's moral. What the it's just everybody so many bootlickers, man. So yeah. many people just willing to go along with what you gotta do what they say. No, I don't. I don't have to do well, what they say. And uh I'm I'm not a I don't follow tennis too closely, but we talked yeah. about Novak Djokovic mm -hmm. who refused to take the vaccine. Mm -hmm. He just won Wimbledon. Yep. And okay. not allowed to come to the U.S. And he's not allowed to come to the U.S. Uh, for the U.S. Open because he's unvaccinated mm -hmm. and a, a threat to a threat to who exactly? Okay, tyranny. And so even uh, good for John McEnroe. He's he's railing against that. But uh, meanwhile, Rafael Nadal, uh, a couple shots and a booster, keeps having these kind of chest issues. Not not heart problems. They wouldn't be heart problems. He wouldn't have to, you know, be pulling out of every other tournament for any heart issue. It, it's a pulled muscle or something, you know, just mm. they've got different reasons. But he's now pulled out of like two of the last, I don't know, five tennis tournaments with injuries. Mm. And, and not like, you know, pulled the hamstring like uh, my chest feels like I'm being jabbed with a needle. Seems seems legit. Yeah, and like you said, we've got the people dropping dead left and right that had the vaccine. Uh, meanwhile, you know the it's insane the, that people don't see it. The for like, the <laughs> I don't know if I live in my own bubble, and so everything I see is that is related to that. But like, it's getting kind of out of control. We got insurance companies with like forty percent increase in deaths between yeah. twenty two to forty five or whatever it is. And, like and. All of this was to fight against COVID, and there's a story out of the Tour de France where uh, one of the cyclists tested positive for COVID, and they, you know, made the decision that his viral load wasn't high enough. It wasn't too high, so yes, he tested positive, but we'll we'll go ahead and let him compete, and he won the stage. 
So, so COVID, a, a, a positive PCR test for COVID means it, that was me, Andrew. Remember, I was, remember, I was saying last week, I was like, you know, I was like, hey, I'm gonna go for 12 mile ride, <laughs> See, 100 degree. What? That was actually me. So, I forgot to mention, I won the Tour de France during that so, whole deal. So. so. So Bob Jungles, I I'm probably saying his last name wrong, but uh, no, my not pseudonym. Tim Kilkenny. Yeah. My pseudonym. No, it's yeah. my pseudonym. I told you, I went for a bike ride, 100 degree heat, 12 miles. Yeah. So Having you tested proved... positive for walking pneumonia. So you uh, you were a lot more sick than than this guy apparently, <laughs> but but this is what we are, you know, basically force vaccinating. Although you know it's. In most cases, not truly forced. Uh, but not letting you travel between countries, not letting you do your job, That'll firing people from their That'll jobs. Backfire. Yeah, if it's, they actually, it's if, already backfiring. If they More, actually come out and say, well, we didn't make you get it, that'll yeah. backfire. Because yeah. people people definitely felt forced into getting it. And yeah, hey, and, not unmitigated good news. Uh, turns out less than 1% of uh, babies uh six months to five years old have yeah. gotten the covid vaccine in the united states so that's uh that's good news i mean yeah. one is too many but one percent is a it's a lot better than ten percent or something yeah 50%. i mean just doing the math even some of those 81 million biden votes aren't giving it to their kids so <laughs> Well, I'm just happy that some of those people that voted for Biden are now eligible for the COVID vaccine. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the those, those that took the COVID vaccine are much more likely to be Biden voters now that they're dead. So. Oh. <laughs> Pennsylvania. Did you know there are dead people voting in Pennsylvania? Yes. Yes, I did. I knew this since two years ago. Wake up. Uh, yeah, thanks, thanks, Rudy. Anyway, uh, this is tangentially related. I've been seeing this popping up on the forums, uh, anonymous posts, but so I won't, I won't say that directly. I'll go directly to the source. It's a website called Flight Aware. I'll throw the link in the show notes, but it is flightaware.com, and you can get a live view of canceled flights. Uh, so worldwide, there were 20,916 delays yesterday, uh, 5,313 in the United States. Total cancellations yesterday, 2,132. Total cancellations within, into, or out of the United States, uh, yesterday, 229. So I bring this up because we had a good friend of ours, uh, visiting from Milwaukee, and they were supposed to fly out on Sunday and then went to the airport and they were told the plane was broken. <laughs> Which I well, thought was really weird. It's not under any maintenance. It's just broken. Yeah. You, that, and it, listen. You never hear that. No. That's never anything that any airline representative would say. It sounds dumb, right? Like Because I wouldn't want to get on the plane if it's broken. So. So why would I do that? It just seems right. weird. Anyway, that's what they were told. And so thank goodness, you know, they hadn't, they weren't at their connecting flight before they found out that their plane was broken. They were here. So 
They came back and stayed with us uh, one more night and left the following day. But after seeing these uh, kind of anonymous posts on uh, 4chan and Reddit and other places, people talking about there's real problems in the airline industry, and then having this happen to our friend, I started looking at it. Total cancellations today, we're at 570. (laughs) So 229 yesterday, 570 in the United States. Yeah, we've we've got... The problem is supposedly, you know, there's these things about the hours that they talk about on No Agenda towards the end of the month. You don't want to go. But it appears we are slowing to a crawl because there are pilots having issues. And if you don't have enough pilots to fly the planes, then... I mean, hey, there's a guy who listens to the show from Canada who's donated, who... Was he a pilot for 23 years in Canada? And then that's it. He couldn't be a pilot anymore. They sent him home. That stuff is going to start to have an effect. He should be getting a phone call pretty soon saying, Hey, uh, yeah, come on back. Yeah. You don't have to have a vaccine. But so the predictions that I've been hearing about is is there's going to be a standstill in travel in the coming months. Well, It'll it'll be kind of like a lockdown where basically you won't be able to fly anywhere because... The mandatory vaccines are kind of wreaking havoc, and there's been a cover-up of the amount of pilots who have had medical emergencies. This was an acceleration of a pilot shortage that was already kind of in motion. Yeah. I think purposefully done. Mm-hmm. And, but you, you had the issue of, you know, a lot of military pilots... You can either get your pilot training through a really expensive pilot school, which has gotten even drastically more expensive, or through the military. Yep. And so they've they've really kind of made both of those avenues tougher, and so you got older and older and fewer and fewer pilots. And it's, uh, you know, for the pilots that are already in, it's always been kind of a good thing. You get right. better pay, but right. uh, eventually, you eventually you need new pilots. Yeah, and that's I don't know if it's um, to kind of justify greater automation or justify you know just shutting down air travel. They just don't want it anymore. It's not for the plebs. Yeah, it's not for the plebs. It's the green. Know. It's the gr- new green thing. Yeah, they're con- they're trying to condition us to hate uh, people. It's who like, oh, fly. you didn't stop flying after we made you take your shoes off and we scanned, put you know, X-rayed your genitals every time. Well, we'll we'll do this. So I think it's a culmination of twenty years of of uh, kill the plebs or keep the plebs from flying operation there. Yeah, I mean that's maybe maybe that is what it is, but it's definitely it's definitely accelerated, and all the airline companies know that this is a problem, and they're they're having serious health problems as a result, or maybe they don't even know. Maybe they just know that suddenly all the pilots have health problems. Yeah, we've we've got uh, people flying in to see us next week, which we're okay. excited about. But yeah, I will. Uh, we should be able to do a show next week, week after there won't be a show. Well, unless you do a show with a, a different co-host. But then after that, I 
I'll have a, re- a travel report. Travel report. Yeah, well, that's what I got. I got a travel report that showed. Yeah, we got it. We had a. So, so far, 100% of the people <laughs> we know flying had their flights canceled. So. Yeah, I'm trying to think if I know anybody else flying around right now. There's Well, and her husband actually is, he flies all the time. So it might be interesting to hear kind of his take on it. He yeah. flies flies for work. So, um, But anyway, yeah, just, I, I don't know. Like I said, I heard this, I heard it, I heard it. And all of a sudden it was like, hey, come back and get me. Yeah. <laughs> My let's, flight's canceled. Like, what? Let's so. play the uh, Christine Anderson. I, I name her because she's not a crazy person. She's an MEP okay. in Canada on Pilots and the Vax. Oh, interesting. Well, I like it, like it when it ties together. It was way beyond the annoyance of you know missing your suitcase or having to stand in a line because what we are actually talking about is it could uh, cost a lot of people uh, their lives because we're talking actually about um, a safe flight which may no longer be the case because what happened was that um, a lot of pilots that um, did not want to get vaccinated had been laid off um, and the ones that did get vaccinated because they had families to feed a mortgage to pay all of these things to take care of may now no longer be fit to fly and that is a problem and uh, to the globalist elites it must be a shocker can you imagine first people are being forced to get a vaccination to only then find out that it might actually be the dumbest thing uh, they ever did um what kind of global elites do you think are running this deal yeah i I think her her use of global elites is a little different than ours but uh no not a shocker at all i would say all part of the plan uh but a shock to a lot of the pilots a shock to the you know their families and and people in that industry it's not just the pilots that rely on flights being made to to make their living you've got i don't know a ton i don't know how many people per pilot but it's a lot so every every one of these pilots they take off there's a residual impact of of messing up work and and life for a lot of other people too so do you know who jim brewer is the comedian yeah yeah did you get a chance to watch his latest stand-up that was on uh youtube i saw one a couple months back i don't know if i don't think it was his latest he had a stand-up now streaming and this thing went kind of viral he's kind of freaking out and he had a uh um yeah, his full comedy special in the terrible audio that it has and everything else was just released 11 days ago. Already has 717,000 views. Now, that's not a lot. It's not several million. But he goes straight up clowning on people who took the vax. Like, ur, 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 I'll do whatever you say. I'll do whatever you say. Oh, I got to go to work. Okay, I'll take it. Uh, uh. But then he, you know, he talks about in the, in the, in the, uh, in the standup, you know, that 
basically he says all like he ends it i think his final words are all media is poison turn it off you know go outside hug your kids like this is not you know this they're just trying to they're using fear to to indoctrinate you i mean it's a total totally awesome kind of red pill or whatever to uh kind of wake up to this sort of stuff he says you know people complain about life's not fair in the middle of it he's like my wife's been fighting cancer for 10 years she was only supposed to live a year you know it's that's not fair but you know i deal with it and it's just I don't know, man. He really starts off kind of bagging on the anti-vaxxers, but then just brings it full circle. On the anti-vaxxers or the vaxxers? Excuse me, on the vaxxers. Uh, <laughs> thank you. It's Freudian slip. It's like everybody else is banging on the anti-vaxxers. Um, but anyway, um, and he brings it full circle, and then it come to find out he's a Christian, believes in God. He like talks about it in the show. It's really good. It starts off kind of odd. The audio's bad, and then he starts clowning on the vaxxers, and then it gets better and better he talks about his wife having cancer and he did even a follow-up episode where he kind of did like almost a reaction to how big his uh his you know the whole thing went and he's just shocked he actually recorded it a while back and it just happened to escape out out onto uh um onto the web or something like that anyway but he did a the follow-up is really really good so uh anyway both of them I recommend. I'll put them in the show notes. But uh, just awesome, awesome guy. And who knew that the uh, sleepy-looking guy from Dazed and Confused <laughs> was a Christian who was also uh, anti-vax and uh, pretty awake to what's going on around here. So I guess he was on the J.P. Sears podcast about a month ago. So anyway, oh, really? okay. yeah. Anyway, I rec- I recommend it highly. He's uh, it's just. I don't know, it just warms my heart to see another Christian dude out there just doing it. Like, just doing it. Like, full-on tackling everything that's happening in today's uh, world and making people laugh with it and just explaining it and just trying to put out a positive message. It was it was awesome. For sure. I, I, after, after that whole thing, I should have clipped something that I could play for us. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were leading into the clip there, but uh, it's yeah. all right. Yeah. So in in other celebrity news, Tim. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's a huge celebrity. This guy, Jim Brewer. Yeah, he's a bigger celebrity in my book than Bradley Cooper. Oh but gosh. E- even as, uh, even and then this comes from my usual news source of Page Six, <laughs> the gossip part of the New York Post. Uh, it was Bradley, hard not to miss that name though, and I'm not talking about Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper dating Uma Abedin. Hmm. Okay, so uh, we know Uma, and on our podcast. Hold on, hold on, hold on, wait, hold on wait. just one sec. Right, are you ready? Friends of Epstein, servants of Satan. Friends of Epstein, servants of Satan. <laughs> <laughs> So Uma's on the list. She was the uh, she was Hillary's uh, special friend. That special was the, super special. The top aide that you know traveled with her, stayed in the same hotel room with her. Cut off a girl's face with her. What? And uh, was married to Anthony Weiner. Oh, Anthony Weiner. You know, uh, him and Hunter Biden. Unfortunate name some... for an unfortunate person. <laughs> yes. 
So, on our podcast years ago, the whole Anthony Weiner stuff came out, mm. and we, and they said, "Oh, Uma Abedin has announced that she is going to divorce uh, Anthony Weiner." Remember yes, that? I do. And it was like, wait a second, she's going to? And then a, about a year later, it's like, they're, oh, she's going to divorce Anthony Weiner. So here we are years later. And at the time, I, I think I, I said, like, she's not divorcing Anthony Weiner. Like, this is a, it's a political deal. It's not an actual marriage deal. Well, okay, go ahead. We also had a different thought on this back then, too. But go ahead. In this article from <laughs> this week, where it announces that she is dating Bradley Cooper, thrown into the bottom of the article, let me find it here. Uh, Aberdeen and Wiener, 57, now live in co-parent in the same Union Square building. So she's in the same building. Oh, and... Uh, she said she's uh, entering the very last stages of oh, divorce. The with last Anthony stages, Weiner. like the eight years. So, eight in year. other I words, mean, not yet divorced. We're in the in the final stages of their divorce. So, not yet. I don't divorced. know what. I don't even know. I how was many driving. Years it's been. A, I don't know. There's a phone number on this uh, sign down the road. I need to get it so I can send it to Uma. But it's basically, I drive by it all the time. It <laughs> yeah. says, hey, you want to divorce your wife? It's like 350 If y'all got kids, 450 done in 26 hours, 36 hours <laughs> yeah, or something. Like so this. I'll grab this number and text it over to Uma, let her know, hey, there is ways to get this done faster. Yeah. So Unless you're using the old loophole within the law that allows you don't want to have to testify to oh. not testify <laughs> against your significant other because in the United States you cannot be made to testify against your spouse well if uh, good old Uma and Wiener get themselves a divorce well that's not going to fly anymore so don't look for them to be getting a divorce anytime soon. But what does that matter to old Bradley Cooper anyway? <laughs> yeah, he he don't care. I guess uh, yeah, I guess I'd... I guess he ate the baby. I guess he took the deal. I guess he sold his soul. You can't oh, date I'd... Uma and not know what's up, man. There's no way. No. No, this it's is all uh... over for you. And uh, despite the Photoshop picture they have in there, like Uma Abedin, not exactly a you know like, and it shows who he broke up with to date. Uma yeah, Abedin. no, we rarely talk about looks on this, but I also saw that part of the of an article. I was like, <laughs> goodness like, gracious! Okay, like, are you just into ha- the baby sacrificing? Is that like yeah, the whole is... draw here? Because this was a bad move <laughs> on all fronts. All right, let's close it out before we get in trouble. You know, I'm I'm very proud of what we've done in Palant. Friends of Epstein, servants of Satan. Friends of Epstein, servants of Satan. Well, he's dead, so in general, you always have to be careful. Yeah. <laughs> be careful. If Uma Abedin says you're dating her now, you'd better do it. Otherwise, Hillary might not like it. All right, I found the Brewer clip. Are we going to play it, or are we going to hit the we're going to hit the donations first? I'll go ahead and play it. Just cockatoos come out. 
couple things one he's a very uh physical actor so a lot of that is kind of physically you got to view it on the stage when he comes out he says that you know the news the news cockatoos or whatever come out and he's going across the stage and they're parroting the news of course and then i guess they cut it and then he says and then because a, a different part of the of the stand-up he says then here comes the governor's and like he literally does like a like a march out and then he stops and he goes do what you are told like he's a straight up german accent like <laughs> stay home it's for your safety it's like uh, it was it was good so yeah I, did, did we play a clip from him a couple months ago or did we just we might have just passed that between each other I don't, maybe we did i don't know maybe we did i don't i don't remember it i i feel like i rediscovered him this last couple weeks but hey who knows well, yeah, yeah, that lot, was good. A so, lot of good. Uh, you you never know for sure who's on your team and, and who's the end who's of the, with, the, end with of the good the, guys and who's with the bad guys. But uh, at the end of the day, you end up being surprises. At, yeah, at the end of the day, you end up being a fan of Kyrie Irving, Rob Schneider, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, and uh, Jim Brewer. So <laughs> Jim I guess Brewer and... I guess these are my homies now. So <laughs> meanwhile, Russell Wilson is uh, taking his kids to get get vaxxed the the okay that's uh some dark dark is there is that is that a thing no he took him to the white house to promote the vaccines and and him and ciara and this was months maybe a year ago i don't know yeah future called ahead he's like "Mm -mm." (laughs) saline shot for my kid saline yeah he better be Future's like, I know who these people are. I signed the deal. I know what I'm in for. Don't give it to the kids. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of signing a deal. (laughs) We have not signed a deal. We have not signed a deal, (laughs) and therefore we are what they call starving artists. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, The show does not take any donations. We are a value for value podcast, and if you get value... 
We do take donations. Oh, we, I'm a. We're I'm literally a, talking about the donations <laughs> we're taking. This show does not take advertisements. This is a value for value podcast. It's free. It'll always be free. You listen to it, then you get value. You send that value back. And without any further ado, somebody's been getting value from this podcast. And that person's name is Danny from Medford, Oregon. With his donation of $25. I feel like Danny's trying to put one of our kids through college at this point. I mean, he's doing, he's, <laughs> he's pulling more than his fair share. Yeah. Yeah, if he, if uh, anybody in this family or yours is going to college, <laughs> maybe a good trade school. <laughs> yeah, yep. yep, Girl, yep. Girls can be electricians too, right? It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're, I keep telling yeah, my son. We, I keep telling my son, like, you want to operate a crane? <laughs> yeah. Crane operate. I, yeah, you yeah. know, show the, up for like four hours a day. You know. If if your kid is like my kid, though, you know you, you almost want to tell him the opposite. Like yes, yeah. Like if you want him to go to college, just tell him. I really don't want you to go to college, and so this is. I haven't know. hit that. You know what I think though. So I don't think with 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 the boy child number one that that's going to be an issue. Uh, I really don't feel that. But I do feel that that's going to be an issue with with uh, child number two. So yeah. just I'm just gonna just gonna throw that out there, Andrew. Yeah, you can tell pretty early. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be yeah, yeah. She has uh, a habit of climbing onto furniture and uh, continue to find her on top of tall tables and re- most recently a piano in front of the front one of those uh, keyboard piano things. But in, on it like plastered up against the window like standing on a skinny piano <laughs> yeah she's out, out the window she's she's uh she's you know I've, I've only seen her a couple times and i think i've seen her on multiple tables so this is <laughs> I, I believe i believe this story she so. yeah it's 100 percent accurate and she uh yeah it's definitely true my, my wife likes to make fun of me. She said, this is definitely your child. Yeah. <laughs> and I say, hey, what do you mean? She says, every so my, my thing is, my wife knows this. Every time we go on vacation or somewhere new and we're like visiting a place and we're like checking it out, spending some time there, I have to find the highest location and then go to it. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I don't, it's just a thing. I like want to do it. So if there's like, you know, if you're in Astoria, Oregon, and you're just visiting, and you're like, this place is pretty cool, and you see this giant towering bridge overhead, and you're like, I wonder what it's like up there. you got you got to drive over that bridge. By the way, scariest bridge I've ever been on. Pretty terrible. Uh, <laughs> if you're just on the other side of that place, and you're over near Long Beach, Washington, there's a mountain that's not that high, and you could drive the top of Oh, yeah, drive the top of that. So anyway, I just like to, you know. Orcas Island, Mount Constitution, just anywhere I'm going, I like to, if I can get to the highest point, look out. I even did it in Hawaii. I went to the top of uh, Maui, top of that volcano. Holy cow, hmm. that was a pain in the butt to get to. You have to get up early, go catch the sunrise. And by early, I mean like 2 a.m. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like, you're like, oh, Maui, it's a small island. I'll, it'll, it won't take long to get there. Nah, that's, it's not that small. And if you have to do switchbacks all the way up, a huge volcano. I can't even remember the name of that one right now. But anyway, 
pretty off topic right now. So let's get back yep. to it. Um, <laughs> uh, Jason came to us from Michigan. Oh, and he sent an email. Uh, but he wants a book. He's already been sent a book. Okay. Yeah. I, I sent... It went out in the post today. Okay, well, I would have put it in the mail, but if you want to put it in the post, that's fine. Fine, you do whatever you got to do, man. Um, so I must have forwarded you that email. I just saw you'd updated the spreadsheet. So oh, I looked my, in here and there, there it was. So thank my you, apologies. Jason. My apologies. Now Jason is going to realize that I should have put this in the spreadsheet five days ago. So my fault. I apologize, guys. But anyway, uh, Jason uh, wrote us a couple of emails, and the first one he said. Can we read your podcast on the air? And I said, yes. He said, I'm in the upper peninsula of Michigan on the Bay of Green Bay. I thought you guys could use some support from up here as I don't hear many donations from my area. (laughs) I love your content and outlook. The values you share reflect the same as my values. And the Christian viewpoint is great. Keep up the good work. Thank you. The next one was... uh, Send me a book. So, thank you, Jason. My apologies on the delay, as you just heard. Not Andrew John Hoffman's fault. And moving on right along. We've got uh, Penny from Mesa, Arizona. Mm -hmm. I guess I never actually lived in Mesa. I lived close to Mesa in Tempe. But uh, send us $20. Thank you, Penny. And Caroline sent us $5, and she's from Los Angeles, California. And I believe it's a recurring donation, right? Yeah, that one is a recurring donation. So that is it for now. Oh, I did get a message from our friend. I wanted to say that. The H is silent. You were correct. His name is Bai. <laughs> and uh, he told he uh, suggested I go to Western Union directly. So I'll do that. All right. Sounds good. Close that loop for anybody that was left hanging last week. Yeah. <laughs> people people really wanted to know how that turned out. So yeah. What happened to the Western Union checks? So <laughs> Anyway, we did, we continue to need the uh, donation ending segment. Oh, that's right. You told me I can't get a jingle for this because then people would just skip the donations. But, I mean, is it worth it to skip 30 seconds of this podcast? I mean, you might as well just keep listening. I mean, if they've made it this far, they made it through the the cat being attacked and the Tim telling stories about climbing bridges and <laughs> his daughter on top of tables Jim, climbing up on pianos. Jim Brewer, yeah, uh, I mean, Jim Brewer stories with no clips, but then a happy ending because there was a clip, and yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something about the magic of a podcast, Andrew. And this is actually probably one of the only reasons, not the only reason, but one of the reasons we're not on the no agenda stream. We don't do it live. <laughs> I mean, we do it live for you and me, but there will be an editing session and no one will ever hear the cat fight. The great cat fight of Ott 22. <laughs> yeah. So, well, you, you always plan to do the editing uh, and then sometimes the parts you intend to edit don't 
don't always get edited. So there's always a chance. There is a chance. It's true. Yeah. It's very true. Very true. Yeah. Let me tell you, over the last couple of years where I've gotten to a point where I'm like, okay, I got to do whatever I can do for this podcast and just keep making them. Yeah. I have really cut out a lot of the fluff. And, you know, if if you guys hear a sneeze or a snort or a, a cough that you don't want to hear, I apologize. But... You know, it saves me hours to not have to go through here and clean up every single little noise. I get the big stuff out, like Andrew leaving for eight minutes to go (laughs) and find his dead cat or cat that had been in a fight who was not dead, who was happily still alive. That I'll figure out how to get out of there. But uh, anything else, I used to just sit there and obsess over it and make it, you know, as clean as possible and and everything. I don't, there's probably a weird hiss in this, you know, this, 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 it's just, it is what it is. It is what it is. I think the podcast audio is as good as it's going to be until we get new mics. That's just the way it is. We've been using these mics forever, straight up off of a recommendation of a podcast. Made the trip. Yeah. From the Northwest. Straight up off of a recommendation on how to make a podcast by James Corbett. I mean, this is years ago. I think these are both our first. This is, I think, are these mics the oldest? Like, are they as old as the pod? Shh, cast. Sorry. No, I don't. I don't think so. No. No, I I had an even worse microphone before this one. So. Oh, that's right. I remember people used to write me and say, "I love the show, but I can't hear Andrew." Yeah. <laughs> it was like a little tiny thing. Yeah. It was. <sighs> so. Just a, a couple more data points. I don't really have full stories on it. Uh, here in Oklahoma, there was a natural gas Still explosion. Still weird for, you, for me fire. to hear you say that, by the way. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. go ahead. Sorry. Uh, yeah, that was in, odd. That was odd. Did you do some work there? I'm trying to figure this out. Not in our part of Oklahoma, but this is uh, West? actually towards the Kansas border. Is Oh, north. Okay. Yeah. Up towards there, the windmills that never end. Yeah, nat- natural gas explosion fire deal. Um, I threw a, the tweet in the show notes there. Major fire burns down the Picnic Distribution Center in Amalo, Netherlands. Picnic, the online supermarket and grocery delivery company that uses electric vehicles, received $600 million in fresh venture capital last year, most of it from Bill and Melinda Gates. So, interesting. Uh, I don't know who started the fire, good guys, bad guys on that one, but just kind of the general theme of infrastructure being broken down, whether it's supply chain, whether it's food or, you know, food processing or all these different things, uh, well above baseline, these incidents happening. So the natural gas thing, I guess I I don't really have a, a take on that specific event. Just if we start seeing a pattern, uh, we should pay attention. So yeah, no, I agree. Probably just a random happening in Oklahoma, but uh, yeah, we'll see if there's... Noteworthy. When, when there's multiple airplanes flying into food processing centers, then you got to start paying attention. So Sure. What was, oh gosh, I can hear it in my head. I think he's dead now too. It's uh, Donald Rumsfeld's baloney uh, testify, testifying to the 9-11 commission. 
when you have one airplane, oh yeah, yeah. you have an emergency. When you have two, now you have a pattern. Yeah, Mister. Uh, of course, the order still stands. Did you hear that's, anything different? That's Dick Cheney. Don't get your, don't get your uh, neo Cheney Rumsfeld. Yeah. yeah, don't get your neo. Uh, one no, of them invented Nutrisweet. One of them invented Nutrisweet, and then uh, well, he didn't invent it. He just oh, got it approved. Got a. Oh, sorry, he approved Nutrisweet and aspartame, and then sold uh, all of our nuclear secrets to North Korea. Also on 9-11 was kind of just wandering around the lawn picking up pieces instead of being available to help. The other one was locked down in a bunker acting like he was the president. So it's I know it's easy to confuse those two things. Uh, but yeah, that was the, that was the deal with those two. I believe they both made the 9-11 suspects list Yeah, in the book. They yeah. had some... Uh, I mean, his Donald Rumsfeld's behavior is like Dick Cheney saying the orders still stay on the side. Donald Rumsfeld's behavior is almost like his like a like a kid who knew he had just done something really bad. Like, and it's weird too because I don't think that the day before he knew. I don't think he knew exactly how it was going to go down. But somebody gave him an update the next day. Like, oh no! It, no, if anybody knew, Rumsfeld knew. You think Rump, so? Yes. Why 100%. make that speech then? No, because no, because he goes. Rumsfeld goes way back before 9-11. Oh, I know he does. No, I mean, even back yeah. to the NutraSuite days and then the North Korea no, I mean, nuclear you, you, days. You could convince me George W. Bush didn't know the day before, but uh, Rumsfeld, yeah, 100%, Rumsfeld and thing. Cheney, 100%. They're, but why the speech about the money missing? What do you mean, what? Because he knew it was happening the next day and no one would remember the speech. Yeah. That's good. That's good. I like that. Makes sense. And, it makes sense. Yeah. But Ru- Rudy Giuliani, he clearly didn't know. And besides, I'm, jo- I'm the, joking. The, he ends. He's ended up in the wrong spot. He's not in Building Seven. So well, but but the the speech though, the missing trillions, right? Yeah. This is the uh, every Secretary of Defense gives that speech. And says, we're going to do an audit. And then it never happens. This is just, you know, it's on the agenda. Black money. It's all black money. Like, we need to do an audit. Figure out what's going on and stop wasting these billions of dollars. And then, no, it doesn't happen. They don't even really pretend anymore, though. It's just kind of... Hey, you know. what do you think about sending a couple billion to Ukraine? And by a couple, I mean couple hundred. Forty, couple hundred. What? What do you need? Seven hundred fifty billion. Okay. That's what... Somebody today. Are we being blackmailed? Feels like we're being blackmailed. <laughs> by uh, Ukraine. Yeah. 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 Maybe they got some. And by some by video we, of me and Joseph Peter. R. Biden. Yeah. Yeah. By we, I mean the United States, but. Well, it was. Ukraine, uh, a very well-earned reputation for being a, a place you can launder money with lots of illegal activities going on. Yeah. So this is this is the place where Joe Biden bragged about he'd been there ten times. You know, it's it's not there ten times because they produce four percent of the world's uh, wheat. Hmm. well i'm just i'm just upset about them 
creating all this inflation. You, Ukraine, I mean. Oh yeah, no, Putin. no, no! Don't blame, don't blame oh, I'm the sorry. victim. I'm sorry, it's Putin. Sorry, Putin. yeah. Sorry. Again, Putin. Putin's got some. Uh, he's he's clowning over there. I mean, did he sign a deal or did he sign a deal? He's the globalists came to him. They're like, look, this is what it looks like. This is our plan. He's like, no way. This is. And they're like, no, no, no. But here's what it looks like. Four months down the road. He's like, yeah. oh yes, I will do this. <laughs> yeah. I will do this. The ruble's stronger than ever, and I will have Europe at my mercy. Yes, I will do this. Yeah. It's there are no good guys there. Uh, but there are good guys elsewhere. Not a, not so much in politics. You're a good guy, Andrew John Hoffman. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Uh, Texas Slim Oof. sent a tweet of it's a picture. Of farmed for the future, I believe it's for chickens. Okay. Okay. Let me just read the uh, the back there. Our mealworms come from North America's largest mealworm farm for animal feed through a hundred percent natural scientific genetic selection program. Ugh. These worms have been raised and refined to the very highest quality. This strict selection program means we can offer the most nutritious mealworms. Are these the greatest mealworms ever produced? We think so. And then down below it says, Not yet certified for human consumption. Oh. Brutal. Yeah, not yet. I was so excited about them mealworms. Oh, just you wait. (laughs) Just you wait. They will be. It doesn't say not certified for human consumption. Just not yet. So... Yikes. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, this is not an this is not an attack on you, Tim. So okay. Don't, don't oh, take it that way. Oh goodness. All right. Uh, GameStop boss celebrates NFT marketplace days after laying people off. <coughs> GameStop doubles down on crypto amid meme stock heel turn. Hmm. Uh, this comes from Kotaku, which is some gaming website. GameStop celebrated the launch of its NFT marketplace on Monday. Its Ethereum-based depot for virtually autographed JPEGs arrived just days after the meme stock giant ruthlessly laid off more employees. And based on my short tour through its website, it's also still a little broken in places. No one can quite seem to make sense of GameStop's current business strategy, at least no, of all its true. pivot to crypto. Yep. Teased earlier this year, the Alien Gaming retailer released a GameStop wallet in May that users could download to exchange cryptocurrency and store NFTs securely. Since then, cryptocurrencies have tanked and the NFT market has all but collapsed. Yeah. All right. So tell me if I, you know, get this wrong because you're hmm. know more about it than me. So the GameStop, the whole idea, you know. We had the naked shorting from the hedge funds. Mm-hmm. GameStop, everyone knew GameStop was going under. Redditors said, we don't really want it to go under. It was like a cool place where you could go right. rent some games. And we don't want the hedge funds to win. We want to save this company, make money, and punish the hedge funds 
for this yes. stock market manipulation. Re- so retail saved the company, not a giant hedge fund. It was retail investors who saved yeah. the company. Yeah. So we're we're going to buy a stock and save the company. Um, I don't remember any redditor saying like, "Hey, you know what we want." Is GameStop to start making NFTs? Yeah. Did I miss that part? Nope. That's that's uh, that part didn't happen. But there were some people who got pretty jacked about it, and the guy who took it over, the Ryan Cohen, the who was the former, he owned Chewy, which was the dog company. He brought it up out of nowhere, but it's a pet company. You order pet food and get it delivered. Um, he supposedly was going to come up with new ways for GameStop to innovate. And everybody was kind of theorizing, what's this going to be? And guess what? It's NFTs. Now, I forgot they hitched their whole wagon to crypto and the crypto crashed. So I should have put two and two together and seen layoffs coming for these guys. So, yeah. Interesting. It's just, yeah, it's interesting because my opinion of it and what kind of drew me to it was that it was kind of a retro like save our childhood play by the you know the redditors right saying like we don't like where stuff is going we it was a lot more fun when we were kids playing video games running games from GameStop and to just like go like oh yeah let's go into these nft things that anyone can see is a a scam right uh, it it just doesn't make doesn't make too much sense to me uh you should be going like go more into the in-person like have a place where people can play games and you know go the other way like real life real life stuff as opposed to uh, you know the nft we never even really talked about it. it just seemed i never even bothered yeah looking into them it's like some stupid little picture it's like this was sold for twenty thousand dollars but uh on a related story and this is related to a couple different things this comes from cnbc's crypto world page from 10 which you know when there's when cnbc has a crypto world page you that should have been a red flag right there uh from 10 billion dollars to zero how a crypto hedge fund collapsed and dragged many investors down with it the bankruptcy filing from three arrows capital triggered a downward spiral that wrapped uh wrapped in many crypto investors the hedge fund failed to meet margin calls from its lenders. 3AC was supposed to be the adult in the room, said Nick Batia, professor of finance and business economics at the University of Southern California. All right. 3AC, or Three Arrows Capital, uh, and I'm getting this from Gons on Canary Cry. And if I... if anything i say is incorrect it's because i messed it up not because because he had a pretty detailed rundown but uh three arrows is a reference to abe's economic deal what was it three 
Abe from Japan. So the, you had right. Ab- Abenomics, and then there's this three years capital that was supposedly kind of loosely affiliated with him or based on what he, his economic principles or what have you. Sure. Yeah, Abenomics. Yeah. And then, you know, just interesting. They're declaring bankruptcy. Abe was assassinated. We probably should have talked about it that earlier, but yeah, um, I don't, I don't know that there was a connection. The the assassin uh, seemed to be motivated because his mother uh, gave his inheritance away. Gave his inheritance away to a cult that was associated with that obviously supported kind of the Moonies, the, the larger version of the Moonies. Um, but it, just interesting the the very first Rahm Emanuel or this was after our last show right the assassination yes. was yes. after our last show yeah it was like so, Monday I think well, no, yeah. no no maybe not Monday maybe Friday but our, in our last episode we talked about Rahm Emanuel kind of randomly and his uh, his little stabbing the table episode where he would say someone's name and then say dead 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 and when i you know obviously had no idea that abe would be assassinated or that even that rahm emanuel is the current ambassador to japan odd and cnbc just happened to get quotes from him for this story on this was even before they declared abe dead this is even b- before they cut my boy off last week the the black dude for talking about Rahm Emanuel from Chicago yeah, yeah so you you played the that clip and we talked about Rahm Emanuel and then he shows up in Japan with the assassination it probably had nothing to do with it just interesting though no it's uh it's odd. I'll tell you this too. One thing that you can tell about what the media wants you to think is the words they use. We talk about this all the time. Words are important. But all kinds of media outlets are reporting that Shinzo Abe, former prime minister of Japan, has died as a result of a gunshot wound. Which is <laughs> a really weird thing to say. As when you could to just being say assassinated. This political person was assassinated. Yeah. No, nope. he's died as a result of a gunshot wound. Yeah. He has died as a result of a car. What did you say? Died in a car accident? Died by being shot? No, he's died as a result of a gunshot wound. He wasn't assassinated because they don't want us to think assassination. It's odd. It's odd. I do appreciate James Corbett immediately launching a uh, open source investigation and getting everybody's input i'm sure he's gonna do a lot with that information that he gets together but uh yeah it's it's above my pay grade i don't i don't know enough about the whole situation that i don't know it yeah this this is it feels like it feels like destabilization is the game worldwide right now yeah um and as we were talking about earlier um world leaders some of them are expendable um so one country that kind of held it together was japan 
they you know they the vaccines came in they did some investigation like i don't know actually i shouldn't even say this because i think more people got it than i thought but originally not very many people got it and well they, they actually they some actually batches they rejected some batches because there happened to be a foreign toxic substance in them and they recommended ivermectin but i don't want to well, sp- i don't, don't want to speak too well i mean wasn't it invented by a japanese dude uh, yes, co-inventor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But so um, it wasn't recommended like nationwide. It was one guy recommended it, but just ivermectin, right? But uh, Japanese vaccine uptake. I always thought it was super low, and they still held it together. But I think it's just delayed. It was they delayed. Used the Olympics to push them over the. Edge yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Yep, sixty-three percent has received at least one dose. Sixty-three percent of the world. I don't believe these numbers anyway, but just by the official number. Uh, Japan. This is where's Japan? Uh, shoot. Oh come on! I had it. Japan, 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 Japan. Oh my gosh! Never mind. <laughs> I can't be right. 81%. Yikes. Share of people uh, well, it's, it's... only partly vaccinated, complete initial protocol. That's a lot. Yeah, and, and I I don't think I've ever said anything nice about Abe on this podcast. I mean, he was he was trying to get them more militarized. He was Yeah. You know, yeah, that's true. That's true. We covered that too. That was back so in the day. Kind of this whole patriot mythology thing where you turn everyone into a good guy when they get killed. Is, no, I, I get that. I get that. Yep. No, I get that. that. Like I said, I thought that, but then I don't know. Kind of. I mean, I don't know enough about this. I'm speaking way above my pay grade with what's going on in Japan. But it's interesting to think back to like the 80s and 90s. As like, remember as a kid, everything was made in Japan. All electronics, like yeah. so much stuff was made in Japan. You turn over, it said made in Japan. They had, you know, Toyota coming and Lexus and all these car brands. Of like, every, you know, the, the Toyota method became like this thing that all the nonprofits started to read and all the big corporations, like they were on their way to like world domination. They were killing it. And then it's almost like they were like 20, 30 years ahead of us. They started getting hit with inflation in debt problems and uh the declining birth rate and everything else and so they were the ones that kind of started the quantitative easing and the printing money before anybody else did and uh yeah it didn't go well well they yeah ahead of everyone else is a good way of putting it because they got the visit right away after world war ii and it was here's the deal uh, you're going to start implementing XYZ, both financial system, because um, it, you know, part of that Japanese success was Rockefeller and right. and others going in, it, these Western Wall Street banks going in, and trust me, they did fine too. You know, this wasn't like a only native Japanese people made out from it. It was more of like a Wall Street plus uh, Japanese elites 
made out well and the average person, you know, ended up with three mortgages and then all of a sudden the bubble popped. So, but, uh, yeah, this was the, the Henry Kissinger deal, you know, it's population control. So this is the, the low birth rate wasn't like, uh, oopsie, how'd that happen? No, this was part of a plan and yes, ahead of the same things happening over here. Completely failing to recognize it too. And then now that they have like, oh, this isn't great. Oh, wait a second. Yeah. Having an aging population below replacement is not healthy for civilization long term. Who would have who would have figured that out? One of the few good things, even Elon Musk knows that. It's funny, this uh, Our World in Data.org, where I found this information, shows it's like a live graph that, you know, shows you over time how all these, but Japan starts out at the bottom and stays at the bottom like forever. And then it hits like, yeah, last year, the Olympics, right? 2021, summertime. Yeah. It yep. just starts exploding. Yep. <clears throat> All right. When, well, when I gotta. You're, when you're looking for non-compliance, Asia, not really the place to look. No, as a matter of fact, I've heard. You know, the 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 supposed plan is to wipe everybody out except Japan and China because they'll be much more subservient. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's plenty of people with pitchforks and in china but oh, yeah. uh but they're they're not armed yeah so they're, not, they're definitely they're only armed with pitchforks yeah. so. uh well speaking of uh, being armed citing crime concerns starbucks is closing a bunch <laughs> of starbucks places but they're also closing five seattle shops five in seattle huh? including the one on east olive way and 23rd and jackson wow is that where you sent me a video of with the people doing drugs right in front of it? Uh, probably. Uh, working workers, the 23rd and Jackson Starbucks is closing. Capitol Hill's Gay Bucks is also a goner. Playing hardball on issues around safety at its store, Starbucks on Monday announced plans to close 16 shops where it says crime is an issue, including five in its home city of Seattle. The closures will include two of its most prominent neighborhood shops in central uh, Seattle at 1600 East Olive Way and on Capitol Hill at 23rd and Jackson in the Central District. Capitol Hill is, uh, just for those who don't know, that's your home of the Chaz, home of uh, Kurt Cobain and Grunge. I, uh, Kurt Cobain didn't grow up there, but that's where the uh, the movement kind of started. And then uh, home of uh, the kind of predominantly gay neighborhood in that area. And then uh, more recently, just full of a bunch of entitled Amazon employees who have driven up the prices. Anyway, uh, the Seattle Times was first to report the plan as part of what the company says it's a it's is a safety concern for its employees. The stores were chosen based on their level of crime and whether attempts to lower those the crime rates to lower those crime rates were successful. The Seattle Times reports a company spokesperson confirmed the closures with CHS, saying the decision was guided by local leaders 
at its stores and citing the company's many efforts to support services for homeless substance abuse in Seattle. Despite all of that, we couldn't guarantee a safe, welcoming environment, the spokesperson <laughs> said. Remember, this is also the area where they burnt one to the ground for the Black Lives Matter protests. But Did, yeah. did you... Were you maybe hemorrhaging money? <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, no one would go not, there anymore. Not able to get employees to show up for work, not able to get customers to come in. Yeah. 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 You were hemorrhaging money. That's a good point, Andrew. Thank you for pointing out the obvious. I actually kind of missed that. They were hemorrhaging money. Nobody was coming in. Yeah. Uh, the shops are closed July 31st. The move echoes with another corporate closure decision this year. Last uh, Decision last year as Kroger opted to axe two of its Seattle stores, including the 15th Avenue East uh, QFC in a tiff with the city council over the hazard pay requirements. <laughs> uh, but for COVID-19, of course. Right. But the Starbucks spokes, of course, you know, the only war of our time. But the Starbucks spokesperson shielded away from politics and issues around city hall leadership, emphasizing that the specific decisions to close the stores came down to feedback from local managers who knew the neighborhoods and businesses best. And when they wouldn't show up, we knew it was time to throw. Oh, sorry. When asked what message the closure on East Olive Way or Central District Cafe send to Starbucks customers or employee who live in those areas and who have paid millions of dollars for small con... Oh, that's also not in there. Sorry. The spokesperson sent to Starbucks remains committed to the city. <laughs> We're fortunate enough that there are over 100 stores in Seattle that will remain open. The changes come as part of a renovation of the chain of as Howard Schultz Return the company as CEO on an interim basis after blah, 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 blah. Keep going. Wait, Schultz is back? Uh, That's a good point. Uh, Change coming as reinvention of the chain as Howard Schultz has returned to the company as CEO on an interim basis after Starbucks struggled with the challenges of the pandemic and growing unionization effort among its ranks. (laughs) A message from Schultz about the need to overhaul the company's shops and working conditions included a promise of programs and initiatives to deliver upon this bold move, uh, set of bold moves in the weeks ahead. The message did not include which closures were being set up. You know what's weird? I moved from the place where there's hundreds of Starbucks and then they closed down a couple of them. And um, now I'm here in uh, kind of a nicer area of the Oklahoma City area. And there's a Starbucks going in. And I guarantee you this one's not going to close for like homelessness or, <laughs> or or danger to the population. You know what I mean? You've got a... Uh, Starbucks knows where their bread's being buttered. You've got a Dutch Bros going in too. All right, I got a, I got a beef to pick with you. It's just kind of hilarious that you mentioned Dutch Brothers. So, like a couple years back, I said, "Dude, you got to go to Stumptown and get some coffee." Your exact response to me was, "Stumptown is too corporate. You got to do something uh, better." Dutch Brothers is how it is. All right, I live here now. Okay, there's a Dutch Brothers <laughs> on every corner, and the line is atrocious for each no, one the- of them. What is the deal at Dutch new. Brothers? Brand what new. is the deal at Dutch Brothers? They just the only see. thing I see is long lines and mediocre coffee. What no. is happening there that's worth it? And apparently they did not have anyone travel from Oregon to train staff in Oklahoma. Because, yes, very slow. Very opposite of Dutch Brothers in Well, you and I Oregon. are from the Northwest. And so literally... Like we're standing in front of somebody and there's a line that builds up behind us and you feel this social anxiety. You got to get out of the way. Like, just get a coffee with a, just a coffee, two cream, two sugar, just or two. Sh- okay. Just, just, just give me. Okay. 
just, just throw me a coffee. I'll get out of here. I'll just get out of here. Just, 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 I'll just get out of here. Because you don't want the line to build up behind you. Here in Oklahoma, ain't nobody caring if there's a line, including the people behind them, the behind the counter. They cannot make coffee fast. They don't move fast. It took me a no. while to acclimate. Like, we want to get, you guys want to see coffee made fast? Go to a coffee shop in Seattle. Or, woo, 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 woo. Just, just, just people running around. I mean, baristas look like they're about to run into each other. You well, know what I mean? They're just moving. And then, boom, yeah. coffee out the door, gone. I mean, the Starbucks experience, and I'm not a huge defender of Starbucks or Howard Schultz or anything, speaking of messed up Washington politics. Um, but the defining thing of Starbucks is it's the same everywhere you go, and it's quick. <laughs> you know right. what you get, and quick. The people running around trying to get you something quick. But even the Starbucks here, not quick. Not well, quick. It's the it's the country time versus Seattle time. All of that is true. Uh-huh. But Chick-fil-A is the most efficiently run it's true. business I've ever seen. Yeah, it's true. I don't understand how they do it. I don't understand how they're hiring. I don't understand how they know when to put the people outside with the weird rain hoods on or the fans that blow or whatever it is they're doing. I don't understand how any of it happens. I also don't understand how I get caught in that line for 40 minutes sometimes. It's crazy. <laughs> they move, yeah, they move I, I don't know how either because it goes so fast. They crank it through pretty fast. No, you're right. Yeah. You're right. It's, a, it's, it's wild. I don't understand. So it's... Yeah, I, I kind of feel like we just need to get a bunch of Chick-fil-A managers and just say, okay, you guys are in charge of the country for two years and everything would be fine <laughs> andrew hoffman's words of wisdom came a little bit early today ladies and gentlemen but there it is just just let the people that run chick-fil-a run the country and everything would be all right would you want to hear a story that has nothing to do with anything might as well i'm not even gonna give you a chance to answer here we go <clears throat> so we get here and i'm like hey i want this this and this and then a fizzy water i said what i said oh, yeah it's just just a carbonated water you know, that's not on the menu. As I order from Chick Fil A at the drive-through, not far from you, up on the Northwest Expressway. There, I said, no, 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 just it's it's there. It's under Sprite on the menu, but you could find it. Just go there. The guy comes back. He's like, dude, I have no idea what you're talking about. And I was like, well, ask ask your manager. It's there. It's like under the it's like a hidden part of the menu under the Sprite thing. She go. He goes and asks. He comes and they send someone else back, not him, not the manager. So like. Well, this is why you spend forty minutes at a Chick Fil A, Tim. Uh, oh my yeah. goodness! This is this is the first this is the first this is the first time this whole conversation took like five minutes. But this is this is not when I spent forty minutes at Chick Fil A. The Norman one is run terribly inefficiently. They, I don't know what it is about the Norman one, but that one, I feel like there's it's all the college students going to Oklahoma, University of Oklahoma, but they yeah, no, Norman is that thing. Yeah, Norman's like the yeah. Austin, Texas equals Norman, Oklahoma a little bit. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Not even close, bro. Like, yes, okay. it is the most okay. liberal center in Oklahoma, but like a place that voted red, red, red every time. It's not Austin, for God's right. sakes. Okay. But okay. It's okay. the closest you'll get to it in Oklahoma, I guess. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah. The, so I, I finally get to the bottom of the story. I actually called the Seattle Chick-fil-A. I'm like, hey, what's going on with the sparkling water? Where is it? He tells me the story. He's like, dude, we had to talk to coca-cola 
because we had so many people trying to drink carbonated water. We had to to call Coca-Cola and make a special deal with them to allow them so that we were allowed to serve carbonated water because they weren't going to be making money on the deal. And then they had to cut a deal where they actually paid Coca-Cola for the carbonated water. (laughs) And they were able to put it in in Oregon, California, and Washington only. Oh, okay. There you go. There's your West Coast seltzer mafia. Yeah. Anyway, when we first started this podcast, before we got on air, uh, you asked if I could hear you, and I couldn't hear you because I was listening to your buddy. This is John Bolton. John Bolton just casually mentioning on television that he's been involved in coup d'etats. Not here, of course, but other other places. Not heed the advice and keep shopping around until you end up with this group of misfits with uh, Michael Flynn and Sidney Powell. Um, Is he just... I'm sorry. I I should have given a trigger warning. This is Jake Tapper talking about January 6th. Not capable of, of hearing no... Well, when it comes to his personal advantage, the answer is he doesn't listen to anybody else. But I think this, it's also important to understand, while nothing Donald Trump did after the election uh, in connection with the, the lie about the election fraud, none of it is defensible. None of it is defensible. Uh, it's also a mistake, as some people have said, including on the committee, the commentators, that somehow this was a carefully planned coup d'etat aimed at the Constitution. That's not the way Donald Trump does things. It's rambling from one half-vast idea to another, one plan that falls through and another comes up. That, that's what he was doing. As I say, none of it defensible. But you have to understand the nature of what the problem of Donald Trump is. He's, to use a Star Wars metaphor, a disturbance in the force. And it's not an attack on our democracy. It's Donald Trump looking out for Donald Trump it's a once-in-a-lifetime occurrence. I don't know that I agree with you, to be, to be uh, fair, with all due respect. Uh, one doesn't have to be brilliant to attempt a coup. Uh, I disagree with that. As somebody who has helped plan coup d'etat, yeah. not here, but you know, other places, uh, it takes a lot of work. And that's not what he did. It was just stumbling around from one idea to another. Ultimately, he did unleash the rioters at the Capitol. As to that, there's no doubt but not to overthrow the Constitution, to buy more time to throw the matter back to the states to try and redo the issue. And if you don't believe that, you're going to overreact. And I think that's a real risk for the committee, which has done a lot of good work, mostly when the witnesses testify, not when the members are opining. Uh, It is invariably the case that when you go too far trying to prove your case, you undermine it. And I think you've got to give credit to the intelligence of the American people to listen to the witnesses and let them come to the conclusion. And I think the uh, fellow who had actually gone into the Capitol who said today that he had blinders on and he was too loyal to one person, that is the central point. Yeah, no, it's, it's something, and it was, it, as uh, I think uh, Laura Coates said or somebody said earlier, an offering <laughs> for a lot of Oh, what coup de... Nice follow-up question, Tapper. Oh, what coup d'etats were you involved in, John Bolton? <laughs> I love I love the uh, the quick... Like, not here. It's like, what? <laughs> what is this dude talking about? This dude is a complete moronic mustache on the evening news. I know yeah, you're always hired, a big fan of him. 
hired by John, hired by Donald Trump. And he seems still seems to love the guy. But uh, Donald Trump did try to get back on my good side today. Uh oh, what did he do? He put out a I don't know what it's called, some social media message, whatever platform he's using. Oh yeah, Truth Social Message, which still gets transcribed over to Twitter and everything else. So he said, "It's he's got a picture of him uh, sitting down in the Oval Office with Elon Musk standing next to him, looking like a waiter." <laughs> and and he he says, uh, "When Elon Musk came to the White House asking me for help on all of his many subsidized projects, whether it's." Electric cars that don't drive long enough. Driverless <laughs> cars that crash. He said this? Yeah, this is his post. The, uh-huh. you don't, don't step on the best part here. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll start, start over again. Yeah, Whether it's uh, electric cars that don't drive long enough, driverless cars that crash, or rocket ships to nowhere, <laughs> which... Uh, I, <coughs> I won't even read the rest of it. Just For the uh, profane that still think that there's outer space. <laughs> Rocket ships to nowhere is is gold. You know, whatever. I think that's it's a code, man. Trump well, knows. You, Trump knows there's no space now. Do you know? Okay, Trump knew about <laughs> 9-11. Trump knew about uh, Pizzagate before Pizzagate was a thing. Like, I mean, it was... Trump knows a lot, unfortunately. And fortunately, it's what makes them interesting. Um, You know, this is a clapback, right? This is a Uh, response. So Elon said that he doesn't want uh, Biden or Trump in for the next election. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so then I think Trump posts, hey, you know, when you came in there asking for all that money for your crappy companies, sure didn't know you didn't want any help from me. Yeah, well, it's uh, warp speed. Thanks, Trump. But yeah. uh, if he is, uh, I still maintain the opinion that he is probably the greatest Twitter troll. Oh yeah, of all time. Yeah, I don't you think this, I don't think it's even close. <laughs> the amount of, I, my, of like just it, like yeah. Michael Malice. Uh, is is pretty good, but s- such a smaller scale. Yeah, I mean Trump. this dude is trolling the whole country. I mean, yeah. on Wall Street bets. Speaking of GameStop, I remember back in the Wall Street bets days before the whole GameStop thing. Before anybody even knew we were a bunch of idiots trying to guess the time the stock market. They would always joke around about how he would get up in the morning and then you know they always joked that he was sitting on the toilet with his phone you know posting and uh this he was checking the stock market the stock market starts going down and he would just say you know trade talks with china going well (laughs) and the stock market go right back up we're closing in on it remember that i mean that that went on for years during this presidency because when it came down to it Right before this whole Wuhan thing, he had signed a deal that was yep. not good for China. 
he had got a, a deal that was actually a good deal for America and a good and not a not the current deal where you know China gets to rape and pillage us like they do now um, and what was that the trans-pacific partnership or whatever it was TPP well he yeah he got us out or he didn't sign that right he didn't sign that and then he got us in this deal with China and then he would just say trade talks going well and the whole market would recover they call him a stock market whisperer that was I mean those are entertaining which, times which the timeline knowing what I know now I would say both Trump and China knew what was going on with with COVID but at the very least, you have to say China knew. Well, you gotta and, look at you gotta look at the Hong Kong protests. You gotta look at the American economy just going bananas. Trump's approval right, rating they, is the highest it can be. You know, they had it written into the deal, which is pretty standard. Kind of the like, well, if you know, we won't be able to do this if something I don't know, like a crazy global pandemic hits or something. We've and the deal's off. So it was, I mean, his his approval rating may not have been. I mean, it was high among Republicans and moderates or whatever. But like, even amongst Democrats, like they probably, I mean, they would have maybe voted for him or at least swallowed their, you know, held their nose while they watched their four hundred one k account grow by fifteen to twenty percent year over year. I mean, it was. Those were yeah. Although I mean, the stock market was up through the election too. But yeah. It wasn't just about the stock market, but no, but no. The, but the stock market pre, I'm talking, I'm talking about the years leading up to the the pandemic, the stock market. Yeah, yeah up, up till spring 2020, 2019. I think right. 2019 people's 401k was up 15, 20 percent. I mean, it was crazy. Everybody was happy. Everybody was doing well. Money was flowing. The economy was rocking. But this whole, I don't know. Maybe that's part of it, right? Like that's one of Adam Curry's theories is that they had to do something to slow down the economy or else it was going to overheat or completely crash on its own. And so the kind of controlled demolition on, what was it, March 23rd, 2022, the thing goes all the way down and then boop, the next day just starts crawling back up and never look back. But it was down. It went way, way down. Way, way down. Yeah, that's, yeah, the stock right around the Right around the time that oil was... Bitcoin was three grand, thirty five hundred, and oil was negative. <laughs> Went negative, which, yeah, I think it was a little later in the year, right? But yeah, it was earlier in the year, actually, or maybe it was. I don't, I don't remember. Was it later in April? Yeah, I, won't. I can't. So remember. I think it. No, was... no, no. Oil helped kick off the problem. That was right before the the big crash. Oil took a dump. That was it. Was right around the same time. I think it's within the same two week period. All right, I, it's quite possible my memory is wrong. I'm thinking stock market went way down, to kind of in the springtime, and mm-hmm. then oil was more like during that one little tiny amount of time where it was negative was like May June, right? In there. No, no, you're right. It's not May June. It's April twentieth. So. Okay. I was wrong. It's over two weeks. I guess we're both wrong. It's over two weeks, and it's less than two months. So, April twentieth, twenty twenty, was the first day in history that oil was recorded at negative prices. <laughs> Anywho, 
if only we could have predicted this. I think there were some people out there who did predict some of this stuff. For instance, the Malaysian yep. president. Okay. Got a, got a clip of a speech from him from 2015. Thought this was interesting. Malaysia's former prime minister, Dr. Mahathir Mohamad, said that the Trans-Pacific Partnership, or TPPA, is a new world order strategy by a powerful pact of people led by the U.S. to dominate the world economy. Speaking at the international conference titled New World Order, Recipe for Peace or War, organized by the Perdana Global Peace Foundation, Dr. Mahathir said globalization and borderless trade are being used to establish a one-world government. Basically, it is about having a world government. We should abolish all states, all nations, all borders, but instead have only one world government. And that world government is to be by certain people, elites, people who are very rich, very intelligent, very powerful in many ways, they are the ones who will govern the world. There was not much talk about democracy or choice of leaders. Instead, there was to be a government by these elites who will impose their rules on everyone in this world. And for those who are unwilling to submit to them, there will be punishment. And the peace that we will get from this is the peace of the graveyard. Because the intention also is to reduce the number of people in this world. At the time when the new world order was enunciated, the population of this world was only 3 billion. The intention was to reduce it to 1 billion. Now the population of the world is 7 billion. There will be a need to kill many billions of people or to starve them to death or to prevent them from giving birth in order to reduce the population of this world. Hmm. Well, seems like his prediction from 2015, not very good. <laughs> uh, well, the part that wasn't very good was that, that the elites are smart. <laughs> smart people. I don't know. He was... He was, they were wooing him. They were bringing him in. Hey, you could be part of the crew. Yeah, part of the part of the part of the in crowd, bro. You can be as powerful as Hunter Biden, and smart as and talented as as a Biden. There you go. Well, let's uh, uh, Pfizer. You know, my favorite company. Mm-hmm. Put out a tweet saying. Don't let this be the story of your summer. Applying and reapplying sunscreen can reduce the risk of developing melanoma by 50%. And they've got a, a image of the boy who turned into a lobster by Al Overa. Ha ha ha. Like a, looks like a 1950s deal or something. So Pfizer pushing the sunscreen. And uh, I just thought it was interesting the comments were... Um, 
Sunscreen causes cancer. All those chemicals heated up by the sun are carcinogenic. If you wouldn't eat it, don't put it on your skin. And then, um, Mm. I I don't know, lots of negative comments. Apparently, um, I'm not the only uh, hate follower of Pfizer. So, yeah. Well, let's. uh, I think. I mean, I I think uh, you'd be hard pressed to find a, a company that. Is more in the uh, crosshairs of the you and the average person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bill Gates trending on Twitter, but he's still alive. So I'm just well, have to check. He's dead, so you always got to be careful. <laughs> you always got to be careful. Yeah, but uh, but Bill is not. You know, I just had to make sure some. So I'm trending there. Let's uh, let's play the Alex Jones clip. It's a little little more positive than usual Alex Jones clips. Than most Alex Jones clips. Yeah. <clears throat> the New World Order. A little announcement here. Because I don't just tell the general public what's coming next. I tell the enemy, and they know it's true. Because I don't say something unless I believe it. You screwed up big time. You doubled down. And now you're in deep trouble. Maybe not this year. Maybe not five years. But in the end, you will all be in prison for the rest of your lives if you're lucky when this is all over. You're not going to have your robot takeover. Your great reset's going to fail. Your Agenda 2030 is not going to work. People know you're doing it. And they know who you are, and there's seven and a half billion of us, and we know when you release the next bioweapon that's ten times more deadly that you did it, and there won't be anywhere on earth that's safe for you and your Georgia Guidestones. So, I'm here to thank God for this. As bad as things are, at least we're in a fighting stance. At least we know what's going on. More and more people know, and it's a chain reaction. We're winning. But I want to thank God, number one. I want to thank the crew and the audience of activists and my family and those that have supported us. And I want to make this announcement not as a boast. We're under attack because the enemy knows it's true. But I want to say this. This operation blew the New World Order down the road. It's like Force 10 from Navarone. They plant the bombs on the dam. They explode and they go, it failed. And and the demolition expert goes, give it a couple minutes. (laughs) Give it a couple minutes. You think you blew us? You think you took down our civilization? You just destroyed yourselves, you psycho demons. Led around by your nose by Satan, thinking you were about to inherit the earth and pull this off. 80% of my mission is now complete. I will complete the rest of the 20%. And if I'm still around after that, that's all gravy, but it's all in God's hands. I just want to complete the mission. And I want the crew to understand that. But I have done the numbers on the US economy and the world economy, and I will tell you, Barring a miracle, we won't be on the air in one year. These Democrat lawsuits don't matter. None of this stuff matters. Folks, let me explain something. It's going down. So get ready with your family and prepare yourselves. Because civilization as you know it is over. (laughs) So, you know, civilization is over, but there are some silver linings in there, too. Yeah. Sure, sure. <laughs> well, I mean, I actually did a lot of thinking about this this week as well. In uh, 
how many Milgram experiment, you know, the Milgram experiment and the 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 uh, Pavlov experiment, and then the uh, what was the the kids that they turned into uh, prison guards? They just made a movie about that. It looks terrifying. But how many of these experiments that we know about, where they are experimenting with human behavior, do you think there are that we didn't know about? And how perfectly, I don't want to say perfectly, but how well thought out do you think that this plan is? To just kind of keep, I mean, like, even to the point of killing us off, like killing some of us off, but to keep us like happy and stupid and staring at a phone. I mean, this is, I feel like they did some real deep MK Ultra stuff to figure out enough about human behavior. To just, you know, slowly take everything away out from under our noses, even though we're armed and, you know, could be well informed if we tried. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, there's some smart demons out there. Oh, yeah, I'm sure there are. Yeah, yeah. they have, a, they a have the, they have the uh, thousands advantage of, of length. Yeah, yeah. time. So, I, you know, I, I don't really give the give the scientists all that much credit but i you know it's like i've said every show it's going to come down to whether god allows it to happen or not yeah if it's if he decides no then it will all fall apart you know their their plan will fall apart it might come together again and 500 years or a thousand years you know his this is their agenda eventually they will they will get to the you know what you see in revelation uh it doesn't necessarily have to be now um and i i kind of think it's not now but yeah it's it's certainly through no um merit of our own if we (laughs) if we do make it through this so we as a country, I would say we kind of deserve the, you know, the full-on destruction method. But maybe, maybe it will happen. Maybe it won't happen. I don't know. I didn't clip it, but uh, New York is running. Uh, what to do in a case of a nuclear attack? Public service ads. Seems a little, little strange, but you know. All nineteen uh, fifties. Apparently, you just gotta get under your desk. Yeah. So just, just make sure you're afraid of something. We do, we don't really care if it's COVID or nuclear war or, you know, can you just be afraid and stay home? It. The message literally was, uh, get home, stay home. Don't leave. You know. So what, whatever excuse they can use for that messaging, no, I don't know. But it, yeah, I, I'm not terribly impressed with the, the plan in a lot of ways. And I think we're dealing with a lot of demons and Hunter Bidens, not uh, genius elites. But. No, I'm, I'm with you on that. But I, I think that... Uh... They got the American public just 
locked up, even though we're not. Like they got the American public yeah. thinking we're we're uh, subservient to them. As long as we get got our little gadgets and our TikToks and all these time wasting activities and just addicted, we're the American public is addicted to comfort, and I think they've the the goal here is like trying to thread the needle of don't bother the American <laughs> public enough right. as we start to wipe some of them out and lots of people in poorer countries, but just not enough where they actually do anything. Yeah, that's a tough. That's a tough agenda to complete. So, because people, you know, you can only push them so far. No, I agree, and that's so, that's the next that's the next stage, right? How yeah. far will the, will everybody be pushed? Yeah, and, I'm starting to see signs of some cracks in the you know yeah in the dam, which how far isn't necessarily a, a good thing. No, I'm not saying it's good. Yeah, I'm not saying but, it's good. Keep calm and carry on there. That's the British thing there. It is. But I think, again, I'll go back to this and I feel this in my heart. I don't know if to be true or not, but I just feel like American Christians, you know, American conservative Christians, the real ones, not the fake George Bushes and not the, the, the kind of fly by night, you know, say they're a Christian, but the real salt of the earth, salt and light people in, the, in America, America are holding this thing together yeah. just by not doing anything. We're holding this whole thing together. I mean, did you see all the Twitter posts, these people, and, and, and not just Twitter, but around, there's, you know, different articles and, you know, people trying to impeach. They're collecting a million signatures to impeach Clarence Thomas. You got <laughs> people outright calling him the N-word on social media saying we're going to have yep. to kill him. I mean, Blue check marks. Blue check marks calling him the N-word. I mean, it's... The only reason we're not in an active, hot civil war is because American conservatives and and many Christians are practicing restraint and still trying to stand up to for what's right. Yeah. Yeah, and there's, you know, there's kind of a, a fine line on our side too between restraint and being as peaceful as possible. And on the other side of that is being compliant and going along with the evil. Right. And there's, there's kind of this cowardice as a virtue thing, uh, which is a huge problem. It is a huge problem. So there's, it wasn't our pastor, but there was someone uh, that had former pastor at the church who was speaking, who was, you know, the, Roe v. Wade thing gets overturned and he's doing the, uh, you know, we need to be sympathetic talking point. Like we shouldn't be celebrating. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, you know, this is, we should be celebrating. If there's fewer babies murdered, that is a good thing. It's, right. You know, whether people are offended by that or not. But anyway. Right. No, it's, and, that, and that's kind of the other the flip side to it is, you know, the people who just want to be left alone. Yeah. How much longer until they start to get upset? You know, those those people who just want to be left alone. Well, and it, you see in the Netherlands, yeah. it was until they said, uh, yeah, you're going to have to shut down your farm. 
And then it looks like the farmers were smart enough to say, even if they weren't the ones getting told that, like, it could be me next. And we're, we're taking a stand. So, you know, it's the same thing with the Canadian truckers. If they had stuck with it, and it, to some degree a lot of them did, but the poor gal that organized the peaceful trucker protest still in jail. You know, and everybody's kind of forgotten about it. Gone back to normal, and, and it that's the demoralization thing of like, oh, see, you had no impact. You know, you lay down, GI. You can't lay down, GI. That's a good. <laughs> that's a good. Good quote. I uh, there's kind of a famous picture going around. The guy holding up the sign says, "This is America." Mm-mm-mm. Let's see if I can find it real quick. I already got it. So this is this is just a guy holding up a chalkboard sign at one of the protests. But he said, "This is the USA. There is no one coming to our rescue. Yeah. If, th- <laughs> if things go sideways, no one will be resupplying us. No one will airdrop food or ammunition or medicine. There is no place to escape to fix freedom. This is it. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think that the the uh, mental impact that'll have worldwide if we completely fall will be uh pretty in, pretty intense yeah he's yeah it's it's it has been a, a long agenda and you know the education system everything else it's it's one big program uh but at the same time it's like man you know it's a bunch of <laughs> Joe Biden's and Rahm Emanuel's trying to run the thing. And when you see the emperor has no clothes, you know, more and more people see that. So I think, yeah. So it's now I'm not, I'm not saying they're, uh, you know, they're expendable. They're the people that we're supposed to, put our hatred against and they're they're the puppets but at the same time if you figure out the scam at one level people figure out the scam at multiple levels you know that's why whether it's you start from 9-11 or a lot of people are now are starting from covid and (laughs) you start okay well this was a lie what about this and oh that was a lie too let's and then eventually you get to what is true wait a second the bible's true the the whole thing the whole whole bible everything written thousands of years all still holds up all still true hmm interesting so <laughs> yeah that's, that's behind the the final conspiracy door is Everything in the Bible is real and true. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Meanwhile, you got the people in Seattle. At the do you see this? This guy goes to the gay pride parade to read the Bible, and they took it from him and ripped it up and chased him around. And it's uh, real hatred towards the 
towards the Bible out there. Yeah. <laughs> There's, uh, the, the the gay pride parades of uh, the ancient Middle East were not spoken about too highly in the Bible there. <laughs> <laughs> Turned into pillars of salt or something to this effect. Uh, was, yeah. It's fire and brimstone. Fire and brimstone. <clears throat> All right. Well, words of wisdom are find a Chick-fil-A employee and try and get him to go into office. Is that it? Is this how vote, we save America? Vote for a Chick-fil-A manager for whatever public office they're running for. That's, yeah, that's, uh, and, and uh, don't give up hope. So yeah, it's, amen it's to not, that. It's not up to not really up to us what happens but it's also not up to the elon musks and donald trump's and joe biden's of the world either so amen amen to that that is what's up for sure very cool all right man well thanks for doing the show and uh, i guess we'll see you guys again next week we'll be able to do a show next week and then we may have a week off after that we'll see A copy of this podcast, as well as links to each story covered, are available at revelationsradionews.com. To contact Andrew and Tim, or to support Revelations Radio News, please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the Contact tab or Support tab. Please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com, and thank you for your support of this podcast. Don't you say